Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi everyone, welcome to Dissecting Dexter as we review the finale of Season 7. Yeah, it's all coming to an end for another year and I have mixed feelings. It's a tinge of of sadness that that this season's come to an end because let's face it, it's been pretty good, isn't it? After two mediocre seasons, well certainly certainly one was better than the other uh, but since Trinity we've had two seasons where they've kind of been treading water a little bit with the show and this season they were really able to switch it up and... uh, and move things forward and it's been it's been great i've really enjoyed it and we're going to get into the uh, sort of whys and wherefores and detail and all that good stuff <laughs> about the finale very shortly i had a a, a skype conversation with uh, three guests three listeners two of them who you've you've heard from before on the podcast and one one newbie, as far as his voice contribution is, is concerned, although he's certainly been a regular with, with email feedback. Uh, I'll be introducing those guys shortly. Um, just before we do, uh, well, just a little bit of news about Dexter, really. Uh, Ratings-wise, uh, the show continues to grow, and the press release this week was that uh, the seventh season finale was Showtime's most watched original series episode ever. Yes, if once you work out what that means, <laughs> um, that that's pretty big for Showtime. Uh, and <laughs> with audiences continuing to grow, um, I don't think they're going to be jumping up and down with joy at the show finishing next year. Um, but that kind of links in with the, the other point that's emerged, and, and that is that this week Scott Buck has, has mentioned that Season 8, which is uh, being written as if it's the final season of Dexter. But he's saying that the season is going to premiere on television in the summer. Now, of course, the last, what, probably four seasons, um, without looking at IMDb, (laughs) uh, at least the last four seasons have all premiered in September. So this is quite a departure. Now, what we've heard before is that the writers were returning to the writers room earlier than they normally do they normally get back to work i think january february time but this time around as i understand it they're already back and breaking the final season now the fact that they were starting writing earlier um and the fact that we've heard that they're starting filming earlier uh led us to wonder why um are they having an extended final season? Are there going to be more episodes? Is there some scheduling conflict? Maybe Michael C. Hall has a particularly big movie project or, or theatre show maybe that he wants to do that, and they're working around him. Uh, but couple that with the fact that they're apparently going to start airing the final season earlier than normal, maybe even a couple of months earlier. Makes you wonder, are they going to say premiere at the end of July or beginning of August and just 
run through the normal 12 episodes and finish earlier in the autumn? Um, or is that earlier start to take into account some extra episodes, say they're going to 16 episodes, um, and then finish around the same sort of time that they normally do, just before Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it's all still to be confirmed, really, exactly what's going on. But I understand, and we do get into this a bit in, in our Skype call that's coming up shortly, about the aspect, the, 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 the issue of syndication, and that once a, a TV show reaches 100 episodes, um, it facilitates uh, a network being able to charge a higher price in syndication uh, when they sell the, the show to other networks and other countries. So uh, Showtime would be able to make more money out of it. So from a business standpoint... You could kind of understand if Showtime do encourage uh, creative to uh, eke out an, another four episodes to uh, stretch us to 100 total. Would have something in common with Fringe then. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> That's probably where the slim similarities begin and end. Although I do watch Fringe, so I'm not going to knock it. But anyway, just food for thought there, really. Uh, hopefully more details will emerge over the next few weeks. And of course, I shall update you, uh, if not in the podcast, then on the Twitter feed or on the Facebook page. Um, at Deset Dexter is the, the Twitter handle. And the Facebook page is just jump onto Facebook, search for Dissecting Dexter and, uh, and you'll find it. OK, before we get into the episode, uh, a lot of you are still asking about our cat Dexter. Unfortunately, no... New news, really. Uh, we did catch a glimpse of a black cat in the area that this this one had been seen near our friend's house. Um, unfortunately, the the glimpse wasn't good enough to be able to say yes or no. It was a black cat, so uh, it's possible. Um, whatever, whether it was De our Dexter or not, it was it was running away. He didn't turn around or hesitate when we called his name. So I don't know. The jury's still out, uh, and we've we've not had any further sighting of him so um hopefully he's all right out there somewhere in the meantime rita is um well she gets all the food she gets her pick of the uh, the best spots to sleep in the living room and uh i don't know she's not showing any signs of missing her brother she's on the windowsill now as i speak to you having a wash she's been out this morning and uh, well there's the cat news <laughs> I don't suppose all of you are as interested in, in cat news as I am. Um, so we shall move on. Let's, uh, let's not dither anymore and, and get into the, as I've put it before, the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We're talking the season seven finale, season seven, episode 12. Episode title, surprise, motherfucker. Written by showrunner Scott Buck and Tim Schlappman and directed by Emmy Award winning Steve Schill. Original air date. 16th of December 2012. Right, here we go with the conference call then. I'll be uh, getting straight into it and introducing my guests. So uh, here we go. Okay, I'm joined tonight by three guests all long-term contributors to the podcast, two who've been on before. So let me introduce the debutant first, although he's certainly no stranger to podcasting by any stretch of the imagination. Hailing from Austin, Texas, he's the host of the award-winning four-player podcast, 
which I have to say is a must-listen if you're into gaming. But he had my sympathy last year when he had to take weekly ribbing from his podcast colleagues about season six of Dexter. That's that's the benefit of me usually podcasting alone. <laughs> There's no one to mock me live on air, but that might change today. Who knows? Uh, here's Nick Henderson. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, Gareth. It's, uh, it's it's really good to be here. Thank you for uh, for mentioning the show. Uh, yeah, it's I've, I've been a long time writer to the show, but this is my first time, I guess, having my my voice heard. So it's good to be here. Indeed, it's. Uh, I'm glad you've uh, been able to uh, to join us this evening. Um, also joining us tonight are two previous guests who were both on for the season seven preview podcast about ooh, three long months ago, and I'm glad to welcome them back again from Penn State College. It's Mike Lanich. Hi, Mike. Hi, Gareth. I'm um, glad to be on again, uh, get to talk a little Dexter after that uh, finale, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, share some good theories, good ideas, and we'll have a great time. Indeed, indeed. My sentiments exactly. Um, and, and last but not least, someone in the same time zone as me from London, it's Matt Battles. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Hey, Gareth. Thanks very much for having me back, despite my poor performance in the last couple of podcasts. So. <laughs> no, not at all. I think... Uh, I think everybody last time out gave a, a good account of themselves, and uh, I think the, the season seven preview was. Uh, on listening back, I think we uh, we did a good job of uh, of uh, breaking it all down, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So glad to have you back. No, it's good to be back. All right, well, let's not beat about the bush. Let's dive straight into this. Um, I'm, I'm sure the finale is still very fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. I watched it about 24 hours ago and I'm still reeling a bit from what happened at the end the phrase bound by blood is something I think I'm going to be saying a lot on the podcast from here on you can mm-hmm. add that to poor Deb which is another of my catchphrases <laughs> well, I don't think she can be poor Deb anymore <laughs> I, I, I don't feel personally too inclined to take much glory in the fact that I said early on that I thought Deb would end up killing LaGuerta her reaction afterwards was so gut-wrenching and kudos to Jennifer Carpenter. Scott Buck says that everything after the gunshot was entirely unscripted, so really well done there, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about that in a bit. Oh, but I'd like to start by getting everyone's broad reaction to the finale first before we get into specifics. For me, that ending was a powerful seal on what I thought was a pretty solid finale. I'd not expected anything explosive, uh, but we did get a very tense episode. Dexter in jeopardy, the net closing in on both him and Deb. We had Hannah on the run, and it leaves things very open for next season. There was perhaps the odd niggle, but generally, I really enjoyed it. Uh, So, turning to you guys, let me start with you, Nick. What did you think about the finale? Um, I mean, I really, really enjoyed the finale. It was definitely... uh... Like, if you go back and look at last season's finale, I think that season, that finale in general was kind of, I don't want to say boring, but it definitely fell in line with some of the other, like, some of the other negative comments made about that season until that those last five minutes, of course. And I think this entire episode had a very, uh, it was very well paced. It had a lot of exciting stuff going on so that uh, I never felt, uh, I never felt bored at all while I was watching the episode. I do. I loved the ending. I loved the uh, the final scene. But I will say that I think the the final moments of season six had a certain epicness to it. It had the, the church, the uh, the talk that he gave to Travis before he killed him was really great. Um, and I was kind of expecting the same um, amount of detail or same 
uh, intensity in the final scene of this episode, and I, and I was a little disappointed by that. But overall, I walked away from it with my mind blown and uh, jaw on the floor, so I'm really excited to see where they're going to take it from here. Yeah, that's got, that's got to be good, isn't it? If you walk away with your, your mouth wide open, they've obviously done their job. <laughs> yeah. give, give us food for thought. Um, Mike, what were your feelings about it? Well, I really liked the episode as well. I, I thought that uh, that it was it was pretty. Uh, uh, I don't know. I guess it, it was tense all throughout. I, I, I just always felt that each scene had its own level of intensity. Uh, each conversation, it seemed like there was a, po- a real point to it. Uh, the scenes, uh, seeing, seeing, I know we'll talk more about this, but seeing Dokes again and seeing the evolution of... Oh, I completely forgot about that. Dexter's, <laughs> uh, Dexter and Dokes' relationship and how it, it went from probably a fairly normal, you know, uh, interaction between colleagues to, uh, to what it eventually turned into was, was really great to see. Um, I think, uh, you know, Nick, you said that, that the ending of last season had this epicness and I think it, it was partially, so epic because it's something that we've been waiting for for so long and, and so that in a lot of ways I don't, I don't really know that there are there's a, there's an ending that could really compare to that mm-hmm. you know but um, but the ending uh, for this year this season was uh, I think it was more intimate in 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 its meaning uh, it it had a more it's a more explosive impact I think for for Deb. Maybe I think more so, really, more so than last last season. I mean, walking in on that on that church scene was, you know, uh, opened her eyes. But I think for this one, the ramifications of of killing Laguerta really it's going to cause her more tor- more turmoil than everything in this season combined, minus the, the kill. Yeah, I, th- I think if you go back and look at the, the whole the season, or even the, the whole show, like this will be the one, the turning point for the entire show is where it's going to have the most effect on both Dexter and Deb. I think Dexter has a sense of responsibility now for for what happened to Deb that he never had before. So it'll be interesting to see uh, see how it goes. Why? Shouldn't I be here? What are you doing? What needs to be done? Are you gonna kill her? You need to leave. I need to finish this. Sister, you can't. I can. And I will. No, fuck Jesus, Dexter, you can't do this. It's the only solution, the only way to end this. No, 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 I can't let you go through with this. Shoot him It's okay. 
Do what you gotta do. It's certainly been the latter part of the season that a running theme has been Dexter accepting or realising that he's going to have to accept responsibility for what he's done through his um, dropping of the, the notion of the dark passenger to now what's what he's sort of enabled Deb to do. Uh, I mean, I'll say it now, poor Deb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, poor, poor. I, I, I really, I'm really surprised she didn't go back to that shrink this year. <laughs> she may need to next year, that's she, for sure. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, what were your feelings about the finale? Yeah, I'm pretty much echoing what everyone else has said. I thought it was a great, great end to what's been a very, very stellar season. Every performance has just been, especially from Hall and Carpenter, they've just had epic performances that have just been absolutely perfect. And, you know, the the way they brought everything back around was great. You know, it sort of encompassed everything that went back from season one. You know, they made the, the thing go full circle, especially, I think, somebody on the podcast page said that, you know, the fact that it all happened in a shipping container brings everything full circle. You know, there's a chance for more darkness to be brought out from certain characters. I, I love the episode. You know, the di- every conversation was great. It was brilliantly written, ever so tense. I didn't. I literally had no idea what was going to happen and where it was going to go. Um, I was annoyed, and I'm going to say this: that Hannah did poison Deb. I was expecting something a little bit better from that. You know, that I I genuinely thought it was going to be that Arlene woman. So you know, that was a bit of a disappointment. But yeah, it turns out she did poison Deb after all, and that she is just a twat. But you know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to let that one slide, and you know. I, I thought that Deb would be the one to kill Laguerta, and I thought Laguerta would die this season. I wasn't expecting it to be murder. I thought it would be an accident, that, you know, Laguerta would fall in a struggle and break her neck or something. I wasn't expecting it to be a deliberate act. But the season end is powerful, and I have no idea where it could go. And I'm genuinely still kind of hard to believe that what they've done has happened, because it blows everything wide apart. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, the, the one thing that I thought about for, for me, whenever Deb killed her, uh, it was right after the, everything went to black and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm trying to process everything in mm-hmm. my head. And, and the words that kept thinking, kept popping in my head was, born in blood. Born in blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dexter was born in blood in that shipping container. And look, Deb may not be splattered in blood, like, you know, but she Harry. spilt it. But she spilled it, and in a way, mm. she was born in blood, just like Dexter was born in blood. But whereas Dexter was born in blood, and it wasn't his fault, he was just there and to see that evil act, Deb was born in blood because she chose to murder. She became a murderer mm. in that moment. Whereas, in, in a way, Dexter was, it was forced on him, whereas yeah. Deb chose it. But again, Dexter kind of forced it on Deb in the first place as well. And I think he's going to have to address that in season eight. You know, he did that, really. You know, I mean, he's that might the one that, be the theme. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to hurt, right? That your sister, who was an out-and-out cop, a good woman, has I been mean, completely and utterly corrupted by you. 
I have a feeling the final season will will be more about Dexter trying desperately to ensure that she maintains her humanity and, and make, roping that in and, and keeping control of that before it gets out of hand because, I mean, she made she made a pretty intense decision at the end of that episode that could potentially change her as a person for the rest of her life. And we all know from you know, little, little conversations here and there throughout the season that Dexter doesn't want that for her. He wants her to, you know, remain an innocent as, as, as no much as possible. Well, yeah, I, I'll go ahead. Oh, I just, uh, that was it. Well, I mean, he's, uh, he's well and truly blown that, isn't he, with Deb, mm. if he was hoping to protect her. But she she didn't she didn't have to shoot LaGuerta, did she? She could have just walked away. He was asking her to just walk away, and he could have dealt with it. And I think, or, I mean, I think at the one point when he dropped the knife and said, do what you got to do, I was, I, for a second I was like, is he asking her to shoot him? <laughs> like is he saying this would be the best thing for you is to to put me down and and prevent me from killing LaGuerta yeah that thought well, occurred to me maybe he was inviting her to arrest him or, or do something it was like there was a look of resignation on his face I think it was it was twofold you know it was one yeah he's gone you know what I can't let you do what you you know I can't do what you don't want me to do or you know I can't let that happen I can't let you be corrupted so if you think killing me is the right thing to do, do it. If you want to arrest me, do it. I won't fight you. I, that was I another way it went full circle. Because he looked, again, he was echoing uh, uh, Hannah's yeah. words. Yes. So maybe in a way he knew that she wouldn't do it because he thought those words are magic and they, you know, uh, basically make you sort of immune or something. Um, because I think he did it a bit earlier on as well. He sort of echoed her words earlier. Or he's been echoing yeah, a lot of people's words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's when Harry yelled at uh He was talking to Harry, and he said, I'll do what I have to do or something. He said, you sound like Hannah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, but with that with that thing is, you were talking about Gareth was, uh, she had a choice to make, and, and you're right. She did have a choice, and, and there's there were multiple ways that that scene could have gone down without the Gorda being killed by Deb. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, could, she could have just said, look, I mean, she could have just said, ultimately... Dexter, just do it or something. I mean, she didn't actually have to pull the trigger. She could have just, just let things. Out of there and locked, locked him in yeah. the container and said, "Go for it." Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, that is in a sense still murder by proxy. She'd still be as guilty as if she pulled the trigger. But I think the rawness of pulling the trigger is the thing that makes it big. But I think there's a difference there. Well, there is a big difference there, obviously, between pulling the trigger and, and walking out of the container and letting it happen. I mean, we already know she was willing to let that happen with Hannah. Middle mm-hmm. of the season, so I mean, she was already to that point to you know allowing that to just to allowing Dexter to just do what he does, especially when it came to Hannah. Mm-hmm. So with this though, um, I, I was I, I was watching, reading this the Scott Buck interview, and he, he did say someone asked him about uh, when Dexter uh, was standing there, and he said that Dexter was it was in complete control. Of that whole scene, that and I took that to mean that that maybe even though Dexter said "do what you got to do" and seemed appeared to seem will you know uh, willing to die, mm-hmm. I think that Dexter. Uh, I wonder if he maybe was still kind of manipulating Deb a little bit in that scene, knowing full well that she wouldn't shoot him. I, you know, mm, I don't know. Then, um, because in the aftermath of um, Deb pulling the trigger, he just looks completely and utterly stunned. 
So I think, you know, I don't think that was Michael C. Hall there. I think that was still Dexter. I don't think Dexter was expecting that either. So I think he was in complete control. I think he would have let Deb kill him. I mean, there's been other instances where people on the show, on the production team, have been open. It's it's kind of been open to interpretation. I mean, if you look back at that Dexter wrap-up podcast with... uh, uh, James Remar, and he was talking about how he interpreted Harry, and it, there was a lot of people that were like, "Are you kidding me? That doesn't sound at all like the character that that we, you know, that we've interpreted." Um, so I'm just wondering how much of that is like actually written, and or how and how much of it is just you know the people on the show saying this is how I interpreted it, because mm-hmm. I, I I got the same impression when he, when he dropped that knife and said, "Do what you got to do." I I was under the impression that he was saying. Debra, do what you make, have to, yeah. make the decision that you think you need to make. Whether mm-hmm. that's me or her, do what you got to do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But there's definitely an argument to be made that you know those words, do what you got to do, can have a very powerful impact on someone in a, in a heated situation. Like just look at when, when Hannah was on the table and all she said was, do what you got to do. I think if she hadn't said that, he would have killed her. But uh, it's just, you know, hearing those words, it's like, you're right, I need to do what I got to do. And that can change your outlook in, you know, in a split second sometimes. So I have a, a, a something I wanted to ask everybody on here. It's uh, It has to do with the end of, of this finale episode and the end of last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And how the two scenes kind of mirror one another. And, and um, uh, let me elaborate. Uh, Show me how the eleventh episode ended again. That was when that was when uh, Dexter gave uh, Deb the evidence and uh, Dexter uh, kissed Hannah. Oh, you should have killed me. Yeah, you should have killed me. Mm. And here's the thing that I that, that came to my mind uh, today at some point. Um, it, last week, at the end of that episode, you basically had Dexter. Dexter had to choose between Deb and Hannah, mm-hmm. and he ch- and he chose Deb. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the cost, what was the cost? The cost was Dexter, that happy vision, that happy future that he had envisioned in the beginning of the episode was gone forever. Mm. And, uh, in that mirror this week in which, in which Deb had to choose between Dexter and justice, Dexter and what was right. And the cost to Deb was really her soul, her innocence, if mm-hmm. you will. I mean, I just I saw there was choices. There was a there was a choice in both of the end of those episodes between two people. So you're saying they both decided to give up everything for each other? Yes. Yeah. Interesting ah, yeah. mirror. I'd never thought of it that way. It's nice. <clears throat> Very poetic. I, I had yeah. either, and somehow I have a feeling that's going to come back and that that's going to be addressed in the next season. It should be. And whether that's going to tie into, I think they've all kind of stated that the the whole Dexter Dev romance thing is is definitely not. Uh, like I don't think they intend to to take it there. I think they're uh, definitely you know setting. It, sorry, I was just going to say, is it the is it our podcast or is it the rewatch podcast that say they think they're going to have a relationship that transcends traditional uh, we've, relations? Yeah, we've touched that on us? that on that... here. Yeah, that um that maybe their relationship that that we're not saying that they're going to end up in the sack together, but um. They may end up having a very unique, close relationship. Um, because we asked the question, if not Hannah, uh, then who would be a suitable, quote unquote, partner or life and partner? And now she's even Dexter? more suitable. Uh, yeah, she, now she's she taken get... an innocent life. And that, that know, doesn't she's... even necessarily mean it has to become like a sexual thing. No, absolutely. Just... 
It just means that, you know, nothing is more them than each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be displayed on screen in all sorts of different ways. So, yeah. He's never been bothered about the sexual side of things. It's uh, it's the acceptance and the just being at ease and open with somebody, able to be himself and not have to hide. You That's that. more important to him. You say that, but he does love to have sex. You know, and when he when he gets some, he really goes for it. <laughs> that know, is so. He does. I think you know if he was given the opportunity, I think he'd not potentially with Deb, but. You know, I think he wouldn't say no nowadays. You know, whereas back in season one, he'd have ran. But now he sort of goes hell for leather, if you will. Yeah, I suppose I, he did He did accept that blowjob, didn't he, at the reunion last year? Mm, well, that was just <laughs> so weird. Hammer time. He, yeah. he did not decline that. He, he didn't, did he? He was, uh, <laughs> he was a bloke. A normal red-blooded man, yeah. <laughs> there are not many men out there, I think, who would... But, um, that <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think it's fair to say that, that the sexual side of things is, is lower on his list of priorities than just being with somebody who accepts him for who he is and understands him and somebody yeah, and he doesn't think, have to hide from. I think they're both going to realise that each other is really the only person who will understand. Yeah. You know, maybe Quinn. I mean, he's, he's technically a murderer as well, but, you know, let's leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jamie, now Jamie's pulled into that. Oh, I mean, God. you could wait. What? How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like Jamie's like this nice girl. Like all season, she's you know nice, you know, and everything. And then all of a sudden, she sits down at that table, and it's like. I heard that you broke up with your girlfriend. She dumped me. So are you gonna get all sloppy drunk and make an ass of yourself like you did when you broke up with Dad? I was thinking about it. You gonna hit on me again too? <laughs> Because I'm just saying, fair warning, I do not need my brother to protect me. And if you don't show me respect, I will fuck you up and serve your balls in a shot glass. How do you make that sound so fucking sexy? The moment she comes, yeah, the moment she comes near him, it's like... She's rebounding, man. I think she's got, A, a dark passenger of her own. Or she sat down and gone, right, here's a complete and utter sleaze bag. Just so he doesn't think I am sweet and innocent, let's just come out with the most disgusting thing, which was amazingly well written and delivered, <laughs> to try and scare him off. And he's gone, ooh, ooh me like Yeah, it. hello. <laughs> yeah, Na- was, uh, Nadia who? Yeah. But getting back to Deb for a minute, um, I mean, obviously she's, <clears throat> we, we talked about the, the choice that she had and that. You know, arguably, she didn't have to pull the trigger. She could have walked away, but she chose to to shoot Laguerta and and protect her brother. I mean, like, she she's a mess, isn't she? She's so screwed up right now, now more than ever. And I don't know how she can come back from this. She she just she, looked completely... she looked screwed up too when yeah. she was walking with him through the yeah. crowd, and and she like, was just like holding looked... onto his arm, and she looked completely catatonic. Yeah, she like, shell shocked. Have... Looked pretty blank. Yeah, she was shell shocked and numb. Stuff. Which was yeah. a great scene. Like I don't even. I'm not entirely sure what the purpose of that last scene was, where they're walking through the crowd, because it didn't really go anywhere. And I, I, I didn't like it. I thought it should have ended the scene they had beforehand. I think that would have been a much more powerful end. Yeah. I almost feel like there was something maybe that was on the end that they cut because I feel like that was leading somewhere and then it just ended. It, maybe that would have been been suited better for like the opening sequence, the scene of of next season. But mm-hmm. I do like the the imagery of her walking 
like he's just like it's like he's leading her through life now. Like she's just holding on to his arm, and he's just like. Yeah. Hey. There was a bit of a little bit of poetry there because um, I think it was just walking back into normalcy, a, a mm-hmm. normal just normal party, and and they both got that mask. They're both trying to wear a mask. Obviously, mm. Dexter's a bit better at it than she is. He didn't um, look very good wearing the mask. <clears throat> I I, I kind of got the impression that it was more like. The, they're both walking through a party that they can't be part of. Mm. You know, yeah. on the outside. I mean, you got everybody celebrating. It's the new year, and mm. and uh, it, but for them, it's it's like what they, there's there's no celebrating on their end. Trust me. I mean, it's mm. it's more like they're the exact opposite of everybody in that place. You know. And there's so, the two people in the corner that killed someone. Let's not talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I have a question actually about Deb shooting Laguerta. It's not one that occurred to me because I've been perfectly happy with Deb's arc this season. I've rationalised. Uh, we've talked about it every week on the podcast, and I, I've not yeah. I've not questioned her. Uh, I've been comfortable with her actions and her reactions. They handled the situation really well. Yeah, but um, but nothing's been too quick. Yeah. It's all been a sort of natural descent, if you will. Yeah. But my, my question is um, that a friend said to me today uh, that they're still not happy about how the finale ended. And um, they they said it just doesn't sit right with them that, that Deb did this. And really? I, I don't know if they're disappointed that Deb would do something like this. Um, they're just disappointed that, oh, look, Deb's, Deb's killed an innocent um and maybe they're just invested in the character and they're disappointed that she would do something like that. But they just say they, they say it doesn't feel true to her character. Um, I disagree. And I think maybe maybe it wouldn't be true to her character from two seasons ago. No. Um, but I, I, th- I think it fits with how she is now and her mindset. Um, I mean, Matt, go on. What, what would you be your response to that? I, I disagree with your friend saying, yeah, for some it would be a disappointment to the character that you've seen in season one. But, you know, she has grown as a person. She's spent, let's, let's be fair, her descent into the grey area started with season three. You know, when she got into, when she started having her partnership with Quinn, you know, and she was all, uh, you did that. You know, you didn't help your colleague who was on crystal meth and now he's dead. You are so fucking wrong. Um, you know, and she was completely an out and out good cop. And then she started, Shagging that, what's his name? I can't remember the musician guy. Anton, uh, is it? Anton, yeah, well remembered. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then she started shagging him and got around that and, you know, dealt with that side of things. And then she uh, was going to frame the holiday killer for killing Lundy and, you know, in season four. So she's been gradually descending into this darker world from season three. Um, so it makes sense for her to go further and further and further into the grey area. Mm. You Let's know, admit. The plastic wrap in season five, she had Dexter yeah. and Lumen behind there. Like that, yeah, that, that was like the first like big turning point where I was like, okay, she's starting to kind of wander into that gray area. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I, yeah. I, I, I think say, oh, go ahead. you go. You go. Uh, well, I was going to say that uh, I think that, that the real, the big turning point for for her was actually the uh, the shootout in season five whenever she, she uh, the Santa Muerte guy. And she, and remember the conversation she had with Dexter where she said she felt no remorse, she felt nothing when she killed them. And that's when, when Dexter said that, uh, she asked if some people 
deserve deserve to die. And Dexter said, "I don't think some people. I don't think there there are some people that don't deserve to live." Mm. And I think that's what led us to the end of season five when she let them go. Yeah, I think it makes sense. But you know, she in that case, that's going to be a good one to compare because yeah, she shot a guy, she killed him, but she killed a criminal, a murderer, a serial killer. You know, she didn't feel any remorse because. She was killing someone who truly deserved to die, but I think this Laguerta thing is going to haunt her. And your friend who isn't happy about this gradual descent, there's only so far you can go. You know, the minute you cross the line to kill somebody, it's always going to be abrupt. You never wake up one day and go, you know, I actually feel like I could kill somebody today. And, you know, I think that's okay. You know, most murder happens unexpectedly, and it is completely against your character. I think the fact that, you know, I don't think she realized quite what she'd done until after she pulled the trigger, which is why uh, we get that big shocking, oh my God, the gravity of what's happened to her, that she hasn't just, you know, fired her gun or protected her brother. She has killed LaGuerta. She has murdered a woman who's been her boss, (laughs) her mentor, her bitterest rival, one of her best friends for the last God knows how many years that the show has been on, you know. I don't think the gravity of it hit her until after she saw her body. And I think the fact that she was crying and screaming says that Deb isn't entirely steeped in evil yet. Exactly. And I I think, you know, when she walked into that container, she was was a different person when she walked into that container than when she walked out. Because she walked in, I don't think she had any any intention of killing anybody walking into that container. But I think the turning point for that scene where she realized that LaGuerta wasn't going to make it out of this container was the moment, because, you know, when she walked in at first, LaGuerta was was passed out in the corner, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden her eyes open, and then yeah. that's when she knows, she's like, if she walks out of here alive, we're both fucked. Yeah, I think as soon as she said, shoot him, Deb, Deb knew that she was literally completely and utterly boned, that there was there was nothing she could have done, really. Because if she, well, you know, she could have done with Dexter, but then that's like, kill my own brother? She's known Deb for what? Dexter for what? 40 years? Because apparently Dexter's 44 now, or 43. You know, he's older than Michael C. Hall now, but, um, you know, so they've known each other for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. Is she really going to kill him? Especially after everything that's happened and everything that... She knows what he's done for her, all the stuff that he's done to help her over the years, and, and that kind of relationship just, I don't think, couldn't possibly trump or... It couldn't possibly be undermined by what little she had with LaGuerta. I do think it was a snap decision, and I think she her actions immediately after shows that she regrets it, but there's nothing she can do about it now. Mm. Well, I wonder if now, I mean, you've got you've got this action by, by Deb, and, you know, all season, you know, she's struggled uh, with, with uh, what Dexter is, uh, what he's done, his specific actions that have happened throughout the season. And she's resorted to taking Xanax all season. And it's like, yeah, what, what, what do you, what do you, what, like, what do you do now? I mean, do you gotta take antipsychotics? I mean, it's, it's, she's it's, it's, you know, to quote her own, she's gonna need a metric fuck ton of drugs to fix her state of mind after this. Yeah, she's, exactly. She's exactly. gonna need something really strong. You know what's what's crazy if you, if you look at that scene as a whole, like it if it had gone a different way, that could have been the scene that ended the entire show. If, if season eight wasn't going to happen, if she had shot Dexter instead of Laguerta, that would have been it. Would have come full circle. It would have ended in the shipping container as it sh- as it pro- like you know it would have ended the way it began in the shipping container. Yeah, it would have killed. 
Dexter, she'd be cradling him screaming harder, I think. Yeah, and that would have been, you know, that would have been a pretty poetic ending. It would have been great. You know, he died in the same, we don't know if it's the same container, but he died in a container with the guy who killed his mum. You know, he completed his mission, if you will. It'd be interesting to see if Dexter can kill now. And Deb would have been... Deb would have been, like, she would have found her, I mean, her salvation would have been making the choice to kill her brother, which would have, you know, probably gotten her off the hook for anything that she had done, would, work, would still be alive, and that would be, you know, it would be kind of a sad ending for the show, but that would have been, yeah. in my opinion, probably a pretty adequate ending. I think, yeah, if they were to end it on season seven, that would have been the way it would go. And I think, yeah, Deb could, you know, LaGuardia would just destroy the evidence that Deb um, was at the church, and they'd just pretend that she never knew. And, and let's let's in, in my opinion, I think if, if the show was to end with Dexter dying, I think the only person who should have the right to do that would have been Deb. Did you kill all these people? I did. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Are you, are you a serial killer? I think to, I think you know not not to get into a lot of because uh, we could probably do it later, but uh, talking about next season and, and just looking ahead a little bit, I, I've there's there's no denying that the corrosive influence that is Dexter on any life that he comes in contact with. I mean, whether you're, whether you're whether you're Rita. Uh, Lumen, uh, whether look, Lumen, Prado. I mean, Prado was a normal guy. I mean, well, I mean, he, there was dar- there was darkness there, but it, it was a darkness that hadn't been unleashed yet. Mm-hmm. And I, there's such, but there's this corrosiveness is so strong. Dexter's- and I'm kind of wondering if if it's going to be next season's going to be about Deb attempting to come out from underneath that corrosiveness to try to reclaim herself. And to make things right, to 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 basically take what happened in that shipping container, and to make it right, which may end up being killing Dexter, making that other choice, possibly. Yeah, it's you know. definitely possible. Um, a lot of people have compared this season in general to, or actually the show in general, to the same kind of comparing it to Walter White in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and. One thing I just thought was was interesting, if you look at the arc of that show and how that character started as a very, you know, a person full of humanity, and the show has kind of been about his his fall into, you know, into darkness and, and losing that humanity. The thing is, about Dexter, I think it's kind of interesting how the show has kind of taken the opposite approach. Mm-hmm. It started someone without any humanity, and the show has been about him finding humanity. But somehow, I think they're still ending in the same spot. They're both becoming characters that are harder and harder to like. like. If you look at the like, the comparison is like if you see someone without humanity, like it's almost impossible to to appreciate them or like them or, or sympathize with them. But then at the same time, people with humanity can do things that are equally as distasteful and 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 hard to connect with. And it, it, I think that if you look at them side by side, that's a pretty interesting. Mm, uh, well, I. I haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. I still have to watch the pilot. It's just one of those things that passed me by and before I realized it, they were on season five. So, you know, I've got a lot of watching over the summer. You have to. I have friends who are like, oh, you should watch it. It's brilliant. You know, if you like Dexter, you'll love it. It's like, really? 
but he's making meth. You know, but at some <laughs> point I, I plan to watch it because it's Hal from Malcolm in the Middle, and I, I can't believe that. He just looks so different. Yeah. It's funny you say that because the, the, the same conversation is had to anyone who asks, recommends Dexter. It's like, really? He's killing people. It's the same thing. And it's David Fisher from Six Feet Under. What's he doing that for? (laughs) It's the the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. (laughs) It blows me away, but I'm really looking forward to watching it at some point. You know, and and it is interesting how they are going in the opposite direction, but coming out with the same result. Yeah, it's it's ironic that that you've got Walter White losing his humanity and becoming less likable, and then Dexter finding... His humanity. And becoming less likable. There's a big irony there. Are you guys liking Dexter any less as a person? Uh, such a hard question to answer. Because a lot of people are saying, oh my god, I, I fucking hate him now. I, I can't stand him. Guys, he was a soulless serial killer in season one. How can you hate him now? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was still... wondering if you guys have lost anything for him. I still want to root for him, but now it's just the people that he's starting to affect are are the stakes are much higher because before the people that were around him that he was affecting were jokes and like like people that I mean now it's his sister. His sister has been dragged into this, and it's like we've all loved Deb from the from the beginning, and we never wanted to see this kind of stuff. Yeah, too bad now. There are there are two (laughs) characters that you could quote in relation to that. It was Dokes in season two. You know, he said, "You're like a cancer, and it's spreading." Yeah, that, that's true. It, you know, he's basically taking over virtually every character in the show, and then in season four, Harry says to him, "The messes are piling up." Yeah, you know, and it's a case of that, I suppose. So it's not him we dislike; it's the people he's changing. And I, I, I certainly don't want to say I dislike him. I, I think, given the situation that he's found himself in, he's made the, the decisions that are they're tough decisions. And yeah. while every single one of them is not necessarily the best decision, I'm looking at Hannah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's. I mean, if you're going to accept the fact that he's killing people, you kind of have to get on board with the decision he makes to to continue to get away with it. Because you want him to continue getting away with it, but you also Do want you? to make sure. Uh, it's uh, getting harder. That line is being blurred. I mean, I I kind of want to see him get caught from an ethical perspective. Yeah. You know, because it, plus it it's another way of bringing the show full circle. Because for the first two or three seasons, the first one or two seasons they were going, you know, this is the only way now to keep you out of an electric chair. Uh, yeah. There are times when I found myself weighing the pros and cons of lethal injection. It, it brings the show full circle that way because Harry always saw it coming and so did Dexter. Yeah. Well, know, I, so think the, I think the big thing with, for, at least for me, I, I know that, uh, I don't know that I, I from any, any less. I, I think if everybody that watches a show that's loved Dexter in the past, I think, we always kind of wanted, even though I think deep down we knew it was never really possible. I mean, given what the show is about and, and, and everything, I think we always hoped that in some way Dexter would get to a point in his life where he could really choose not to do what he does anymore and find mm-hmm. some level of peace and, and, and find a way to, to end that, have that end satisfyingly for a show about what it's, you know, about a serial killer. You know, could it really happen? I mean, let's face it, deep down, I think we all realized it probably wasn't able to happen, really. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those, it's like one of the, you know what it is? It's like our Argentina, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that thing that we hoped for that was never really gonna happen. And yeah. I think we're just now realizing you can't really dream about that anymore because for Dexter, 
that's not going to happen. See, I, I, something you just said blew my mind. <laughs> what? And and I, I I hadn't thought about it this way yet because at some point he had made the comment about if he kills Estrada, he thinks maybe he can close the the, the chapter. Mm-hmm. What's that noise? What is it? Is it like a scratching noise? Yeah. Yeah. That's me on my laptop. I'm sorry, but Mike, is that sensitive? Wow. <laughs> sorry. I was just wondering. I was like, that sounds creepy. Um, uh, but he had, he had wondered if, you know, if he had killed, if he could kill Estrada, could he close that chapter of his life? Could he move on and maybe find what it takes to stop doing what he's doing? Could, mm-hmm. could there be closure for him? And it's well, funny that well, he finally kills him. And the moment he kills him, Deb walks in, and then all of a sudden he's corrupted Deb beyond, you know, repair. You know, yeah. beyond repair. And it's like Dude, now. I if, if, do you want to finish your sentence? Sorry. No, I mean, the, I mean that that's that that's it. I mean, she's she's damaged beyond repair, and now it's like I guess that's never going to happen because I've killed Estrada, but now in, in essence I've just killed my sister almost. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that's terribly sad. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you think that's how the show's going to end altogether? You know, do you think Dexter's going to finally get to a point, you know, we get maybe an episode where he is completely and utterly human, and then at the very end of the episode, he gets killed? Well, yeah. You know, he gets, yeah. he wants, he gets to the light, and then it's just yeah. snatched away at the very moment he gets hold. You know, you know what, <laughs> honestly, and yeah, this sounds... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh... Well, what I was going to say was, um, what I remember back, I think it was somewhere around maybe mid to late season two, and I was trying to think way ahead, because I think even then I could see the direction the show was going in terms of the growth of Dexter as a character. Mm-hmm. And I remember theorizing back then, I said, I wonder if they'll ever get a point where the tragedy of Dexter, the show, and, of, and more importantly of his character, was that... The moment he realized that he didn't have to do what he does anymore was the moment he was going to die, you know. Where it's like something like a Greek tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like he's he gets to a point now where he's like, okay, look, I've now grown to a point where I don't, I, I realize I don't need to do this anymore, or I've chosen not to do it anymore. And it's like in that moment when it's almost like the sun rises, it's a brand new day. This is my life. I don't have to do this anymore. And then I, I'll at least, I mean, maybe it'll be Hannah, but I always envisioned um, that, that some young new serial killer who is kind of what Dexter was in season one, you know, very neat, very sharp, very lethal, mm. whereas Dexter's now very messy, very human, uh, maybe mm. not nearly as sharp and deadly as he used to be. Yeah, he's a day, you know? And yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I thought maybe that's what would happen. He would be killed by... A younger version of himself. I always thought that was going to be Lewis. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, that, that, that would have been terrible. Oh, that would have been insanely awesome. Lewis. <laughs> Sorry, Gareth. <laughs> I forgot how, how you said no. I, I always Hey, Gareth, you know my theory. You knew... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I said, Gareth, you know my theory. Uh, you know what I was latching onto a long time ago. That I, I thought he was going to be the... Repl- like a copycat of the ice truck killer, hmm. you know mm-hmm. that, that was you know that that was going to be. I thought he was going to do that. That would have yeah. been a great theory. Uh, I, I think so. it would be terribly ironic, and, and I don't know if I'd want this to actually happen, but I always thought it'd be kind of cool. If at the very last episode, Dexter thinks he, he gives it all up, or whatever, then he ends up 
on the table of like a copycat of the of the Bay Harbor Butcher, and it, someone found out that you know he is the Bay Harbor it, Butcher, and he you know in, he dies the same way that uh, he killed all of his victims, which would have been you know I would have been kind of upset, but you know that would be, be yet great. another way to bring it full circle. I wonder how Dexter would be on his own if he was on the other side of the table. That'd be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> I think you know, he'd be think... in the container. I think he'd be accepting. I think he'd be almost almost happy it's over, in a way. Wouldn't that be funny if by the end of the conversation he had to convince the person that was going to kill him to just go ahead and do it? <laughs> it's like, he's like, go, he turned, go, just, go on, he's fine. It's right here, chest, knife. Yeah, like, like he talks to him and the guy realizes maybe I shouldn't do this and he's like, no, seriously, go ahead and do it. I, I deserve this. <laughs> that would, <laughs> you know, he's so smooth. He's so, well, especially when, he, especially when he's talking to his victims, he can convince, he can, you know, have some really deep insights into into people's psyches and, and that would have been uh, interesting if if it played out that way. Funny. <laughs> well, I just envision that it, it, now. Uh, I I've always thought that the way it's going to end is, I mean, I, I'm. Pretty much gonna, I'm convinced that Hannah's gonna be, uh, who he has to go up against next year, or at least one of the, the threats. And I, I, am actually envisioning where he'll actually be injured. Uh, he'll maybe say kill her or kill whomever, uh, is trying to kill him. And in the process, uh, become mortally wounded. Um, and Deb doesn't want him to suffer anymore and ends up Maybe finishing him off to, to you know, to, to so he doesn't have Save to suffer any suffering. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to be able to make it finally end, but yet end his suffering at the same time. Yeah, See, it's possible. You you just gave me an idea that's stupid, but it would work if he kills Hannah, not realizing that Hannah's already poisoned him. Ooh. Oh, 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 dear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very Shakespearean. It's we've we've gone through Greek tragedy. Why not a little bit of Shakespeare too? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> well, obviously we're we're, um, <clears throat> we're we're very much going down the route of uh, season eight predictions. Um, mm. I'd I'd like to kind of bring the. I mean, we can get back onto predictions later on, but I'd I'd like to sort of bring the conversation back to uh, events of the finale because we we have mentioned her a bit, but we've not gone into great detail about what happened to her this episode i'm i'm talking about hannah um of course dexter went to see her in prison uh and and they do still seem to very much care about each other but dexter's order of priorities was clear it was deb first above everything else uh and we can debate where harrison comes into that of course but deb over true love Mm. um i i really didn't think there was any way back for their relationship but we did get that little mystery solved um and and we've already alluded to that in this conversation i I think many of us thought that deb might have set the accident up herself uh but of course it turned out that hannah did do it after all nullifying half of what i said last week on the podcast well um nullifies my theory yeah but but some thoughts i had coming out of this one of them um was that Hannah suddenly became very sloppy in her attempt to poison Deb. I mean, I assume it was her intention to kill Deb. Otherwise, um, it would only um, would it uh, motivate Deb to nail her even more. I mean, she's, she's been pretty deadly before when someone's been in her way. She's not uh, been any stranger, not been any amateur with when it comes to poisoning in, in a what lethal if- way. Uh, it just seemed to go against her MO and, and seriously risky, and of, of course it backfired on her. 
What Sorry, if that no. was the point? Sorry, I was going to say, what if that was her point? Double bluff. You know, he, she says, you know, if I have wanted to kill her, she'd have been dead. Dev goes, yeah, you're right. But problem solved. She never meant to kill Deb. She just wanted to basically just make it look like Deb tried and failed. And, you know, and she said, you know, if I'd have tried, she'd have died, you know. Yeah, no, she yeah was you're right. Basically, trying to do what Dexter did to Laguerta later on. That yeah, episode. yeah, it's possible she was trying to set Deb up, set to, up her own uh, setup. to make her look like she was trying to frame Hannah and yeah. turn Dexter against Deb. So that, she was essentially framing yeah. herself. Yeah. Here's my question, and and this is this is what makes the truth so much harder for, for me because I was really leaning towards the fact that Deb had had poisoned her to make it look like Hannah had poisoned her. I thought her. it was Arlene. I didn't. Ever, I never even thought about Arlene, but that is a good good theory as well. It just seems like I, such a stupid thing to bring her in for, to jump up in a courtroom and go no, and then give her a pill. That was the funniest line of give the episode. Us, by the way. Oh, it was so stupid. At first, I, I went, "What? Why have you done <laughs> yeah. that?" And then when I realised they passed laughing. on. Yeah, thing is, when I when I saw them pass on the pillow, I went, oh, "Okay, so she's being a shit actress on purpose." Clever, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> That's so I, I did sort of go are you serious please no but, but then I got it think, here's what made me think that, that or why I was so upset when I found out that she actually did poison Deb was that what was the point of the whole scene when Hannah went to visit her at the house where Deb the, the, the final line of that scene was Deb telling her I will do whatever it takes to protect Dexter from you and that was I, like I will poison myself and make it look like you tried to kill me to get throw you in jail or you know I, I just saw it as a red herring for everyone to go ooh it was Deb or ooh Hannah knows yeah. that Deb would do anything so Hannah did it well no it was the redhead Arlene but no it was just a throwaway line that really actually meant nothing yeah Which, that, that was that, that, my that, disappointment that, you know, I mean, they did that with Santa Muerte. It was a whole storyline that went nowhere. Oh, let's uh, there, but, yeah. uh, no, I mean, I think if, if that was the writer's intention to uh, to leave it ambiguous and get us speculating, then it worked. They did their job. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I say, I spent half the podcast last week um, uh, blaming Deb for it. Mm. Uh, so so yeah, they, they did their job. I, I feel like there's certain things that that we theorize as viewers that, you know, I wonder if the writers hear these things and go, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering lost, if they, that occurred. Like, oh, maybe we could have had Deb do this to herself. Yeah. I which I think would have been a more interesting storyline. Well, it would have fell in line with her character. I mean, she's been so she's been increasingly uh, all season after Hannah and getting more and more desperate and being pushed to the limits mentally and emotionally yeah. over this woman and that's why I think, you know, probably you probably the same way, Gareth. You thought that that you know that that poisoned herself because it was like, look, I have no options here. Nothing I'm going to do is going to fix this problem for me and make sure that the Dexter's safe. So, look, if if it if poisoning myself and in you know faking this and making it look like Hannah did it is going to get the rea- get the result that I want. Maybe it's worth it, and I think yeah. that desperation leading to that choice. I just think it would have fell in line with that character so yeah. so well. Yeah, it it yeah. All, I mean that that it would have made more possibility sense. was perfectly plausible, mm. given the circumstances, which which kind of lent itself to the theorizing that you know it could have could have been Deb, could have been Hannah. Um, mm. So I think that was. I mean, I, I would give credit to the writers for setting it up, uh, yeah. set it right in the season, so that we were at this in this situation where we were left to. Speculate with two perfectly plausible theories. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I think that if Deb had done it, speak- 
it would have just made more sense for Deb killing the Guetta. You know, she's getting increasingly darker. You know, it might have allowed people to accept it more. Yes. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because up until yeah. that point, we never really hadn't taken a life or done anything like that. So. Not, not through an act of murder, no. Yeah. She's taken so, a life on the job as part of her badge, yeah. but never a simple act of murder. So, yeah. I mean, speaking of, of, uh, Hannah, <clears throat> probably one of the things that, one of the few things I was really disappointed in, uh, when it came to the finale was the, was when it was revealed that, uh, Harrison was so, uh, when she mentioned, when he mentioned Hannah, uh-huh. like, I'm like, wow, you know, I didn't know they spent that much yeah. time together. I didn't realize they were so close. You know, like, yeah. we've never seen them together, one, even one scene that I can remember in the entire season, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, she like, she's like watching Harrison all the time, they go out together everywhere, it's like, really? Last I mean, yeah, they did yeah. once, which was last episode oh, during right. the Christmas dinner. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Christmas decorations were still up, so not much time has passed. My, oh, that was yeah. something my wife said, actually, she said he hardly knows her. Six days, apparently, according to Dexter. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it was New Year's Eve on on uh, in the finale, so I mean, it yeah. had been they had been around for at least six days. Christmas but I think yeah. last last week when they were having the Christmas dinner, it looked to me like you know Jamie was was well acquainted with Hannah, and you know it, it seemed to me like you know they they're kind of assuming that we should assume that she's been around off camera a lot. Yeah, I think it's what we should assume with Dexter being a dad. We don't see it, but it happens. He's a good dad. We just don't see it. Same yeah, thing. if they did. <laughs> yeah, but most people, I, I think some people are like, I don't want to see him tend to his fucking baby. I want to see him slit yeah. people's throats. Yeah. You know, there, there are people on, like, web forums who want Harrison to be killed because yeah. they think he's a bad actor or they think he's just useless. <laughs> I think I think when you look back at the entire series, for someone trying to poke holes in the series, I think Harrison will be the... The, the easiest one to go to. He, he was he's kind of wasted. He served a purpose early on, but then once he served that purpose, it was like, what do we do with him now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all he we, does can't now kill, is... we can't kill the baby. No. no. <laughs> I mean, all he does now is, is highlight Dexter's um, bad parenting. Mm. Let's give him a hot nanny. Give him something to, to bash Dexter for. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's become a weekly, a weekly comment. Yeah. Why isn't he spending more time with his son? <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. The story and they look like strangers. I mm. think the story arcs of the season was were more prone to skipping time and, and and more 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 importantly showing the audience that time is is you know there's been jumps in time. So we're not meant to assume that everything happens back to back. So where the hell is he doing all of his parenting? Like it'd be a lot easier to say you know la- this is like this episode's like two weeks after last episode. So a bunch of shit happened that you didn't see, including his parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, Yvonne, uh, Hannah, uh, I, th- I thought that uh, Yvonne Strahovski did a, a really good job in this episode, especially with her her scene with with Deb in the courtroom. I mean, that was. I mean, she, yeah, I think I, she did a really good job going toe to toe in that scene with, with I Jennifer. I think she Carpenter. was a much she wins. much better character, a much more interesting character when she switched on that you know, that darkness. Like, she's way more interesting to watch and actually really good at portraying that darkness than she was at pretending to be all goody-goody and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's a shame we didn't see this side of her earlier in the season, but it actually, I was, it makes me more excited to see what they can do with her next season if she's going to be like a bad guy. 
because I think yeah. she does it a lot better. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of hoping that she doesn't turn into a bad guy next year. I I hope that they stay true to the 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 love that had been established this year. I I know that the whole love affair thing wasn't popular with everybody. Um, but I, I like to think that she was genuine with her. They could do both. I mean, yeah. That, what, what would be more interesting than a killer that he's in love with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be. Never uh, had a yeah, female true. serial killing big bad. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the thing is, I think uh, I think unlike anything we've ever seen before, after all. Yeah, and which is apparently what we're getting this season, next season. Yeah, and once again, I don't want to jump too far ahead and start going into season eight territory. But no, sorry. There, there was a there was an interview that, that I think it was that same interview we, we talked about a few minutes ago, where he had said that you know they they're still working on the details for a big bad season, but this sounds to me like they want to have Hannah come back, but also have a character that is unlike any big bad they've had before. But you know, I think like it, it would be kind of weird. Like, poisons people. It's not very interesting. <laughs> like it's no ice truck killer. It's no Trinity. Uh, no Trinity or anything like that. I think, especially for a series finale, they gotta have some character that's, uh, you know, completely utterly balls to the wall. Yeah, they Crazy. have they have to have some character that's that's insane that you want to see on on the table because there's got to be that final kill on the table. Like that's got to be epic, and I don't think Hannah would really serve that purpose. Yeah. They've got to bring something she... different. Got to bring something different to the party. I hope yeah. they bring someone that goes full circle. Brings us. I mean, I know they've done, you know, bringing us back to season one this season this year this year. But I think it would be great if they could. Uh, I mean, I don't. Uh, right now, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't think how they would do it. Um, but I'd be great if they could find some some killer that could really evoke season one or or something like that. That really. Just really memorable, like in in the vein of like a Trinity or uh, Ice Truck Killer or something like that, where you're just like, wow, uh, this is fantastic, you know. Or even yeah. Circo, you know. Yeah, well, we've we've talked about it a lot, but what if the series series like the series finale is, or the the villain in the final season is like a mirror of Dexter? Like, the, there's even a, the most recent Dexter book is about a killer that kind of mirrors what he does. Double like, Dexter, you mean? Yeah, that would be. That could be potentially interesting, and it would kind of Very. bring it full circle back to se- season one. Plus, but they've they've done it a little bit in the early cuts with Dark Echo, so yeah. there's nothing to stop it happening again. Just I hope that this guy isn't a blogger who happens to walk in on it because that was weird. Yeah, that was pretty. Weird. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about Hector Estrada? Yeah, um, yeah. were you were you uh, as disappointed as I was that the M ninety nine ing was about as convenient and easy as you could possibly ever, ever, ever have it. I mean, these guys, these kids throw a ball at him, yeah. he jumps up, he runs, and, oh, and he just happens to stop literally dead center right behind Dexter's vehicle. And it's just like, vehicle. in the neck, toss him in, shut the door. It's like, wow. Yeah. I wish every, I wish every yeah. kill was that easy. That was yeah. one of the I, niggles I had about the episode that I mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even him following that woman was a bit lame. He was way God. too close. You'd think she'd be on her guard. You'd have thought at least Estrada would have warned her to watch out. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you say, Dexter taking Estrada down there in broad daylight, kids everywhere. Risky like, isn't the word. It doesn't come close. Although I yeah. did laugh when Deb was in the car and Estrada starts banging around in the back. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, I, that was my favourite scene of the entire episode where he goes, she's like, like, what oh, the hell is that? Estrada. Like, just, just get out. And she yeah. just sort of goes, yeah, okay, I should have known. And she just goes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, with, with the other stuff, I've heard of suspension of disbelief, but the rope's got to snap eventually, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, uh, that was about as taut as it could get. <laughs> 
look back at season one and see like the early seasons, like when when he stalks and ki- and, and kidnaps a target, like that was almost as meticulous as, and, and meticulous as when they're on the table, and that was yeah. so reckless of the writers. To just yeah, have he them. had fucking blueprints in the pilot in when it was chased. I know, I know, it's so stupid. But then again, he killed a guy, that guy in the shooting range in broad daylight as well. Conveniently at a shooting range with no cameras, despite there being guns. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the season isn't without its well, smell. I think, like, that well, would have been that, better uh, if one of the things Dexter really was throwing a beard. Like, beard? A big, like so, something funny, like to, to, to throw off his, the way he looks, you know, so, something to make us realize, okay, that's why they didn't find him with the cameras. Big pink mohawk. Exactly. <laughs> Something yeah. crazy. Mm. No, I, I really liked one thing in that in that scene with Dad when they're sitting in the in the car, and it just it reminded me so much of season one and season two, especially season one. And you remember back then, you know, Deb was uh, wasn't sure of herself at all, and, and she was mm-hmm. always going to Dexter, and and essentially always looking to him to solve her problems. And they're sitting in the car, and, and basically she just told Dexter, you know, about Laguerta, and and Dexter's sitting there, and he's he says something like, uh, uh, "Yeah, this is bad," and she's like, "She's something like." Don't tell me it's bad. Like you, you're supposed to tell me everything's going to be okay. You know, you're supposed to have all the answers. You're supposed to fix mm-hmm. this problem. And I, yeah. it just reminded me of that season because as, as Deb has progressed from each season onward, she's become uh, much more independent, much stronger. And maybe it's just because she's in an element way out of her element. But it just when she sat there in the car, basically saying to Dexter, "I, I, I need you to to fix this. I need you to take care of me." Because mm-hmm. I can't do this myself, I don't know what to do. It just reminded me of that 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 first season because she hasn't really been like that for a long time, in any way. But yeah, she's, she's yeah, yeah, she's yeah. completely out of her element here. You know, this is the world she knows jack all about. She's a great cop, but when it comes to covering up murders and you know keeping oh, these trails off, she knows nothing. You know, so I was sweating she's... bullets. I was sweating bullets when she was sitting in the Guerta's office, oh, and she turned that yeah. computer around. I was like, oh, God, Deb can't lie to save her life. What the hell? <laughs> what were you doing there, Lieutenant? What it looks like. I was getting gas. Then why lie about it? I didn't lie. I forgot. That was a crazy night. You were certain about it a moment ago. No, I'm. I am sorry. I. I took some food to Dexter at the church, but I was only there for like thirty seconds, so I didn't think that it was worth remembering. And then you got some gas. Yes, that you put in the gas can. Yeah. Why in the world, Captain? Where is this going? That's up to you, Lieutenant. Deborah, we've known each other a long time. Is there something you want to get off your chest? Yes. you've been under a lot of stress. You know what I think? 
I think I'm not the only one who made a mistake trying to protect someone they care about. Is there anything else, Captain? Not for now. But this is just the start of a much larger conversation. Yeah, she's like a rabbit in the headlights, doesn't she? Yeah, I would somebody in Vice, though, been a better liar? Like, she was in Vice. I mean, when, I mean, I, I realize this is a far different situation and the stakes are high, but, I mean, she was in Vice, and I think to be in Vice, you, you had to be a pretty good liar. The thing is, I think, I think back then she relied more on dressing. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the way she dressed to kind of distract people from the fact that she was a cop. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, uh, Quinn says it as well in season three. You know, he said to her, you've, uh, you've only got one tool in your toolbox, and that's a hammer. You don't have a poker face. Yeah. True. So that's actually, true. she is a shit actress. As as Deb, Jennifer Carpenter is no shit actress, just to yeah. clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Deb is a shit actress. Actually. And actually, it takes a brilliant actress to be a shit actress, if that makes sense. So what you're that saying is Arlene... Sense. Arlene is a brilliant actress. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the actress who plays her is a brilliant actress. It, yeah, it does take some skills <laughs> to act like you're acting badly. Oh, and not to mention, this was, a, this was an episode where she had to act... It was so weird seeing her again, the way she looked in season one. Because when they did the, the Dokes flashback, and she was wearing her her uh, uni uniform, like her cop oh, yeah. uniform, she had, she had her hair pulled well. back. Oh, <laughs> And she looked just like she did in season one. I know. Like, oh my so, god! So did he. So did he. Yeah. She looked yeah. like an amateur cop. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was great. And I loved. I loved. I mean, that's. I, I thought. I love how she looks in in season one. The hair pulled back, and she, and she was so. And she. Ah, you're right. She acted just like her. Like like. Jittery. Like very jittery, very, uh, I mean, immature, you know, kind of like the, you know, how she was in season one. She was just always making... Uncomfortable in her own body as well. Uncomfortable, yeah. always making jokes, like inappropriate, inappropriate jokes, and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the female version of... Masuka. Uh, Masuka, yeah, basically, you know, so yeah. it's like, I'm like that, that, that is great, because to be able to tap back... You get to back. see just how far she's grown and changed as well. Yeah, you know, tap- oh my god, that's who she was... And now how she is. How the fuck did she get to here? You know, Harry couldn't have said it better, really. How did we get to this point? Yeah. You know, because the change is alarming. It is alarming. And, 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 uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about dokes? Because, oh. Yeah, Yeah, let's get into it. Just want to say, oh. Anyone else notice that he's put on a love dokes? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the barrel area. You know, he was, he was a little bit chunkier. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he has I mean, pretty good job of concealing it I, 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 with camera yeah. work and stuff. But. At least from the face, he didn't look like the face-wise. He didn't look like he's pretty early aged at all. I mean, I, I'd have to go back and look at watch the early seasons again. But they they look pretty convincingly young to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I see Hall. He looked pretty much exactly as he did season one. Oh my god, what did they do to his hair to make him look like he did yeah, in the just, first season? I think it he just went it. really short and clipped. <laughs> you know, because oh, he was very very a wig. No, I think they would have cut his hair really, really short. Because that's what Michael C. Hall's Dexter had in the early seasons. It was short, neat, styled. Whereas as he went on, it got a bit longer. longer. Season four, it was really quite long. But in seasons one and two, it was quite short. Oh, man. Because he was being neat and meticulous and had to keep stray hairs away and whatnot, didn't he? Yeah. 
He was a bit yeah. more exacting, and he'd have a very stereotypically male hairstyle that would be very short, very specific. So that, you know, it would be the perfect hairstyle. It wouldn't be too long, because otherwise people comment. It wouldn't be too short, because he's more progressive. It was yeah, fun the- to watch him play old Dexter again, though. <laughs> Just like how, like, now you realize how freaking awkward he was yeah. back then. It, it didn't seem as, as glaring as it was, as, as it, you know, back then, but now mm-hmm. compared to what he, like, how far he's come, it's like, holy crap. How did he ever pass as a human being? Is yeah. he it, it just seem like he does one line at a time? Like, when you don't, when you sort of watch him trying to react to dokes, he's sort of flat, and then his eyebrows move, and he says something, and then he stops, and then carries on, and it's... You can see the light bulbs going on in his head as he's like, oh, I'll say this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's appropriate from here, I'll use that. Oh, yeah. eyebrows, facial expressions. <laughs> Yeah. I love when Dokes asked him where he heard that, and then when he, what his answer was like, when he said it, you were like, oh my god, he's quoting somebody that's <laughs> on his table. Yeah. What the <laughs> And the, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, awkward. Can I ask, ask you guys a question? Was anybody not spoiled about Dokes' appearance? Uh, I was spoiled. I was but, spoiled. I knew he Now that we know this is not the case, I just want to share this, because I, I was getting really concerned. <laughs> because I remember... I. I forgot, like, it was pretty early in the season when I read the spoiler. It was actually a video, like a pr- promotional video they were doing for... Oh, it was the La Lupe thing, yeah? Yeah, the La Lupe yep. thing where King yep. was on set at, with the, at the viewing or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he's back. He's going to be coming back. Because the last episode is called Surprise, Motherfucker. Like, he's got to be back. Yeah. But I was really, really concerned that the Phantom Arsonist was going to turn out to be Dokes. Yeah. Uh, I have a bit of... And in the books, uh, Dokes is, like... Comp- Completely disfigured. He's he's missing limbs. He has no tongue. Like he's completely screwed up. But it's he's still hands, alive. Feet and tongue. Wait, what? It's his hands, feet, and his tongue. They take away in the books. Yeah, I was and worried they were gonna somehow say that he survived. If they did that, I would just stop watching. Period. Yep. They they confirmed him dead in season two. They're not doing a Dallas. Yes. You know, I think if Dokes came back alive, or in anything other than a flashback or a Dexter mind projection. I'd, I'd quit. I'd stop watching. Yeah, I wasn't I had, spoiled. I had, Go ahead. I had to because I was reading some interviews where, uh, or it was, I think it was an interview with Michael C. Hall, and he had said something about. It. He's like, I don't think they're gonna like bring, bring him back or anything. I was like, okay. And then Jennifer Carpenter was like, now is one of the things I'm most proud of doing on Dexter. I was like, I don't think she would say that if the writing was that that poor, because that would have been really reaching to try and write Dokes back in as a live character. Mm, yeah, no. I, I didn't. I didn't think that would happen, but I. <clears throat> with everything that had been all these hints, uh, there was that Lalupe video, and mm-hmm. I thought, what was he? I think I said something on the Facebook page. What would he be doing there? What was he doing yeah. with with the characters? Why him and not? Yeah. Um, I don't know. One of the other guest stars. Yeah. Why? Why him? Unless he happened to be on set that day. Yeah. Well, I knew I, that the uh, was the guest on the Dexter Wrap Up podcast in episode eleven. So I was like, oh god, I wonder who the wonder who the guest could be for the, the final Dexter Rapid podcast, and sure enough, it was uh, Dokes and LaGuerta. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you get if you get Michael in the uh, oh, penultimate episode, you know they've got something big in the finale. I yeah. thought it was going to be Deb, but, you know. But she did the first Dexter Rapid podcast. <clears throat> yes. Did she? Yeah. yeah. She yeah. Was, oh, yeah, she did. I, I can't remember. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was but, uh, a shame. It was, it was probably the worst kept secret, I think. Yeah. Although I hadn't actually seen written down, Eric King appears as Dokes in the final episode of the season. I had. Uh, it was um, 
it was it was pretty much telegraphed. Yeah, <laughs> and they put it in the preview, didn't they as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah they did. Um, I, I also because you know there was a lot of speculation as to why the episode was called Surprise Motherfucker. Surprise Motherfucker, yeah. Mm-hmm. And which was a great episode title. The thing is, I, I think it was kind of a disappointment to me that that it, that it was named after because it was something he said as a joke in the flashbacks. I was really expecting the season to end with like LaGuerta outing him in front of everybody and saying surprise yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Like that would have been my mind would have melted. Maybe that's what <laughs> they were going for. Everyone else to think that was going to happen, but the surprise motherfucker is that Deb is the killer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Lauren, but... Lauren Velez on the wrap up podcast said that she was hoping that that might be a line she would say. Yeah, she wanted to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Or she wanted to say, I'm watching you, motherfucker. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, doing the, the fingers to the eyes and pointing at him. That sort yeah. of gesture. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I really like what they did. I like the flash. I think it was all appropriate. I, I just think uh, it was kind of disappointing that that line was not, you know, like that would have just been another way to bring it full circle, have another character tell, you know, surprise, motherfucker, or say something very dokesish to Dexter. But, uh. If it had happened, would we be sat here going, what the fuck were they doing? Having LaGuerre to say that. You you don't say that if you're not dokes. <laughs> that's true. That's probably, I would say that's probably something that came up in the writer's room. They're probably like, only uh, only dokes can say that. And then someone was like, light bulb, let's have dokes come back. It makes yeah. sense, because that that's where LaGuerre's storyline really starts with Dexter. Yeah. You know, and you can't not have dokes involved if LaGuerre's going to start suspecting him. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that we got more com- we got confirmation. I mean, I know it was been it was hinted at in the past, uh, but we got we had real solid confirmation that that Laguerta and Dokes had been a couple at some yeah. point. Yeah. And uh, you know, I remember back when um, in season two, when after after at the, at the finale, I think when when Dokes was killed and and she was trying to. Tell Lundy that you know, like, look, I can tell you on these stakeouts for a fact. Like, she almost wanted to say, "Look, we were doing that, 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 you know, this, this, and this," and that. And I thought, well, that's you know, yeah. That, that basically said, but this was more like, okay, yeah, they were together. They really were together. Well, it, it was explicitly stated in episode two of, uh, not episode two, season two. I think it's episode seven, the Dark Defender. Um, I've, I mentioned it in the rewatch podcast, Gareth. Oh, you did. Where yes, she goes, you're obsessed, and I need you to see it. Last time it cost you our relationship. Oh, that's yeah. right. You know, so it has yeah. been explicitly yeah. stated, but we've never seen it. And to be fair, we've still never seen it. We've only ever seen the breakup. Yeah. And she made a comment also, that, uh, something along the lines of, "Do you remember how we used to spend our stakeouts?" It was with a, with a knowing look. She, he says it to her, and she goes, "No, no, no." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you mean sex? Not listening. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's funny. I, I, yeah. I, one of my favorite lines. This I don't know the line that uh, in the flashback where she gives him back the key, mm. and then he realizes Dexter is standing right next to him. And then I don't know if this is scripted or not, but just the way his reaction was freaking hilarious. When he turned, he was just like, "Like Jesus, Dexter, I didn't know you were standing there. You're like invisible." And that's all he said. Yeah, and I lost it. That was. I, I liked his line from the second, from the other one, where he said, you know, you're like a fucking lizard on ice. <laughs> you glad <laughs> lizard on ice. <laughs> did, um, did you, do you guys uh, think that, that LaGuardia and, and Deb are a lot alike? That part of the reason why they clash so much? I mean, and when I say a lot alike, I don't mean 
you know, like Laguardia's, you know, she's kind of ruthless. So is but, but so I mean, yeah, yeah, she she is. I mean, Laguardia will take people down. Their whole careers just Hello? because she wants to oh. shoot the woman through the heart. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. yes. That was under duress, though, wasn't it? Extreme duress. I mean, yeah, but I mean, but, if, you, if you if you take that out of the equation, I mean, just in terms of their personality and and. They're survivors, you know. Like I always get the the impression that the Gorda is a survivor, mm-hmm. um, and and so is Deb. I mean, everything that she's gone through her whole life, all the way up through to this season and, and into this season, mm-hmm. you know, she kind of just it's almost like she she wraps herself in this armor and she just keeps trudging forward, and that's how the Gorda is. I always felt like they were kind of very very similar. But it's different in the in the most crucial way. I think Laguerta says it best herself in season one. Um, there's that scene in the bathroom, uh, you know, when they did the whole thing with the little boy who saw Dexter and then drew Jesus. He says, you know, she says, "Why don't you like me?" She goes, "You're loud, you're impulsive, and you constantly question authority." Hello, you just yeah. described yourself, woman. You know, I think the problem was she's basically uh, Deb highlights all of Laguerta's faults. In glaring detail, and Laguerta can't stand that because yeah. she can see herself, and she can and I see think, her replacement, if you will. Yeah, I think a part of that has to do with that she uh, she could definitely see Deborah as a threat, and, and you know, ultimately mm-hmm. that came to pass. She didn't become uh, uh, captain, mm-hmm. but uh, or not captain. What am I? What am I thinking? Deb became captain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, so she that didn't come to pass. Yeah. But, uh, but even, you know, now more than ever, you can see, like, you may not have seen it early on, but I think maybe LaGuerta may have picked up on it little by little, but, you know, Deb is definitely lieutenant material. I think she, she handles herself very well and handles the job very well. Yeah, she's good at her job. And I think LaGuerta was maybe reluctant to admit that to herself. Mm-hmm. That's maybe why they butted heads so often, but, uh, it, it, it was, it's great to see. Like, I don't know if they had that planned super early when they were writing the show, but it, it certainly all tied together well enough that you can kind of look back and, and see how their relationship progressed and how it came to this point. It's not ridiculous. No, it's definitely not ridiculous. Not like nabbing someone in broad daylight. Well, well something, <laughs> Lauren, something uh, Lauren Velez said in, the, in her uh, wrap-up podcast, I think she said uh, something about um, one of the reasons why... Uh, she and Deb um, maybe never got along or had such tension between them was because for LaGuardia, everything in her life has been a struggle. You know, like she she came over to to the U.S. She couldn't speak the language. She's had to fight and claw her way for every single thing she's ever achieved. Whereas with Deb, she she had a, you know, Harry was this great and respected cop. It almost felt like, you know the gates were being opened to Deb all her life in, in this this journey from, you know, being a recruit all the way up to being a lieutenant. And maybe the biggest problem with that is that she's been given that in a way much easier path. But it's also because Deb is so good at what she does, she deserves being you know where she's at. But she's just had didn't have to fight and claw her way like Lagorda did. Yeah. Maybe there's a little indignation there, you know. Plus, again, LaGuardia doesn't deserve to be lieutenant either, purely because uh, it should have been Dokes. You know, there yes. was that bust. You know, so she sees that here's a woman who actually does deserve what she's going to get, and she will get it. 
you know, and, you know, there's always going to be a part of her that thinks I really shouldn't have this job. You know, my days are numbered, and one day someone's going to realize that. I think she even suggested that maybe that's why she was so intent on following through this Bay Harbor Butcher investigation was because she felt like she owed it to Dokes because she, you know, not only did she feel somewhat responsible for his death, but also for him, you know, not becoming lieutenant. Yeah, I, I listened to the, the uh, wrap-up myself, and I thought it was great the way they spoke things over and, you know, highlighted yeah. all the psychology. It's funny, listening to Eric King and Lauren Velez talk on that show, it's almost like... Listening they, to their characters. Yeah, it's almost like listening to Luberta and Doug. I For a second, I was like, are these people actually in a relationship? It sounds like they're <laughs> I, a couple. They had a great natural sort of chemistry with each other. So yeah. Well, maybe pretty- they've maybe they've stayed friends in real life since he left the show. And well, as Lauren Velez said, they had worked together on, on, on Oz. Oz. Yeah. With David yeah. Zayas as well. So yeah, yeah they probably are good. Well, they've got the same acting coach too, so they probably are good friends. Yeah, yeah. I have to watch Oz, huh? Oz is good. <laughs> I've never seen that show. Is it? Doesn't one of them do a new scene? Yeah, you'll see a lot more of you'll see a lot more of David Zayas than you. Um, <laughs> on. Yeah. Oh great! great. Oh, oh, I remember that. One. He talked about that in his wrap up podcast, and, yeah. and how he was a cop at the time, so he did the uh, he did the episode of Oz where he was you know nude, and then he came in to work the next day. <laughs> God, pretty funny. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awkward. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone in the precinct knows exactly what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> no imagination necessary. So does every perp. Yeah. 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 True. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Brave. Right. Yeah. Lieutenant. What brings you here? I'm the arresting officer. How's the wrist? Stronger every day. House facing life without the possibility of parole. Last time I checked, it's innocent until proven guilty. Well, this is your last chance to save yourself a lot of time and trouble and confess what you've done. I will if you will. <laughs> My conscience is clear. <laughs> All that Xanax. My, how you must have trouble sleeping at night. No, no shit about me. Do we have a minute? Except that you're the lieutenant of homicide and you wear a big shiny badge and yet you know exactly what your brother is. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone they wouldn't believe me even if I did. But knowing that you have to live with it is uh, punishment enough. Still, I'm curious, how do you justify arresting me and not him? Or is the law just something that you make up as you go along? Turning a blind eye whenever you feel like it or whenever Dexter is involved. Fuck you. You are a liar and a killer, but not a hypocrite. Miss McKay, come on. So what about uh, Hannah's black orchid, do you think? That that was interesting, and I wondered if there was some symbolism there. So I, I, had, a, I had a quick... Google and um, interestingly, knowing how Scott Reynolds is into comic books and movies and stuff, pop culture, uh, Black Orchid is a, a comic book character. Um, so I don't know if there was a, 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 a bit of a connection there. And if I remember rightly, the character was known for her ability at, at blending in and being a master of disguise and going unnoticed. So I wonder if that was, if there was some hidden meaning there as to. Hannah's intentions. Mm. We, we talked about it earlier how it was kind of ambiguous. It, they left it open so that that could just her being like, I'm gone, I'm goodbye, or it could be, 
I'm watching you. <laughs> or you'll never yeah. you'll never find me, but I'm here. Yeah. If it is Black Orc, we're Orchid Master of Disguise. I'm scared to make this comparison, but I I I I kind of liken this to the hand last season, and I'm worried that they're going to leave it there, and they're going to address it in like one or two episodes, and, and, see, <laughs> and then they're going to drop it. Like, yeah. Like that was the big like in season six it was like oh my god what what does that mean what does the hand mean and fuck then all. <laughs> it means fuck all yeah like <laughs> he finds it when Deb rips apart his apartment he's like hmm what, what is, is this doing here and yeah. like never mentioned again well Lewis Lewis said didn't he because De- Dexter pinned him against the wall and he said what's with the hand and he said oh, I was just screwing with you and that was like, it that, that was <laughs> like, I swear that was just a hasty <clears throat> rewrite that was not the original intention yeah possibly I mean, yeah. yeah they were writing him out anyway weren't they because of the play yeah, so I yeah. think there I think I'd love to see what they had originally. You know, it's a you shame know, they could have written that in other ways in order to leave it open in case he wanted to come back yeah, to try. Having dis- like we said, have him disappear, get scared off, lick his wounds, and come back in season eight a much darker killer. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's, yeah, 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 I knew that one yeah. of I knew that one of you three, you or Travis, I mean Gareth. Yeah, I, uh, one of you had come up with it. I I really thought yeah. that I, I thought that um it, that. Yeah, I, I originally thought that he was going to disappear and then come back, and and I thought that the hand had much more significance. I never understood if, if it had no significance, they could have picked any 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 evidence from any of the previous seasons, um, but it yeah, had to be the hand of all things. Yeah, you know, and I'm yeah. still a little disappointed that um, uh, the intern, what's what's her name? Uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. Yes. I'm a little. I've always been. I was. Always, I've always been a little disappointed that she, her character didn't end up being. Uh, there more to her. I, I really thought that maybe her and Lewis had been working together, or that um, she was maybe going to turn up dead. That maybe Lewis had killed her yeah. for the hand. That's what I, I mean, That's I just. I just thought that there was just way more. I felt like there was so much untapped potential for for her and especially Lewis's storyline that was never really used. That. Ah, just <laughs> one of those things where you just. Yeah. I mean, in, in hindsight, you can look at Lewis and think, well, not everybody in in real life turns out to be uh, particularly, <clears throat> excuse me, particularly significant or interesting. And um, I, I think Scott Buck more or less said the same thing about yeah. Lewis that as he turned out not to be having anything particularly significant to do to the plot. Um, but I, it, it. They'd built him up, hadn't they? They'd spent so much time. And I think even, okay, he had to go and do this play, and fair enough, as an actor for his career, he, he thought that would be better for him. He had to grow this beard, and that didn't fit him with him nipping back for a day or so here or there to film Dexter. They could have written him out for the rest of the season and, and had him come back next season when he was free yeah, and, and conclude his story then. <clears throat> so I think we all yeah, like Lewis. Something. I mean, I've... I think most people, if you would ask most people about season six, they would agree he was definitely one of the most uh, interesting, interesting aspects of that yeah. season. Yeah, definitely. I gotta admit, for the first few episodes of season seven, uh, I was, I think my thingy, my recording said, you know, he's acting like a bit of a weenie, a bit of a tit. Please don't let that be the case. Oh wait, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was really disappointed. Actually, he did just turn out to be a weenie. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> I was really disappointed. Yeah, but he had one of the best lines of the season. It's not cheating if you pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that well, is true. I mean, yeah. I think that, um, with I think when that uh, I think it was episode three. I think whenever he uh, 
when Dexter slammed up against the wall and, uh, and tell him basically to get, get lost, leave town, never come back. And then at the end of the episode, when he basically he appeared in, in the Dexter's apartment, took a beer, mm-hmm. you know, was rubbing, uh, Harrison's head and just staring at mm-hmm. Dexter like, like basically what you did had no effect on me. I thought, yes, yes, okay, now yeah. he's gonna, like, now we see who he truly is, okay? And I thought, oh, man, this is gonna be fantastic. And I, th- I just, I, I, I got the impression that, that maybe that they did have more in, in plan for his, his character, cause I, you know, like you said, there was there was so much emphasis on his character, and and just so many things there set in place. That you're right, Gareth. Writing him out and bringing him back next season, I think would have been a fantastic idea. And I'm dying to see what they did uh, in their original drafts, because not only did they shorten the Lewis storyline, but Isaac left sooner than they planned as well. Yeah, I think they knew about Ray Stevenson before the season started. I think they knew that he wasn't he couldn't commit to the full season. Yeah, but they, they must have written a full season for Isaac and then went, hang on, we are getting Ray Stevenson. Mm. Oh shit, we've got to change the final act. Yeah, shorten his arc. Mm-hmm. You know, in, mm. in some ways I feel like uh, Lewis might have even been, you know, this wouldn't have been ideal. I still would have liked, like we've talked about, to see him come back in season eight. But, mm-hmm. you know, his character could have been almost a better alternative to Hannah's father being the one response, like the first kill he does. You know, shedding his dark passenger and just doing a killing someone because he wants to. Yeah. Like, like, cause they introduced Hannah's father in one episode and he was dead so by the end of it. But like, stupid. but give him, give, give that, that scene to Lewis and it suddenly means a whole lot more. Like this, this guy is not, doesn't fit the code. He's just a, a, yeah, you, a he's just a nuisance. Yeah, you could and have had him being a dick for the whole of that up to that. And you'd be like, oh, for God's sake, leave him alone. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. It, it would have been like, quite, Refreshing, you know. You'd and at least probably we would have felt like he went out on a high note. Like it was, it was so sudden to see him just get shot in the face, and it's like, but at least give him a few more episodes. Like it's, yeah. you know, maybe not a huge part, but then have him on a table, have him have a conversation with Dexter, and then Dexter just kills him. Yeah, like that would have been so much better, in my opinion. Yeah, it would have been nice also if there'd been another mention of him a bit later beyond Dexter identifying his blood on his boat. Yeah, uh, maybe Jamie, uh, just a passing comment. Yeah, I've not heard from Lewis for a while. Not seen him for a while. They, they did that a little bit uh, uh, when it was Batista and Jamie in the restaurant and Travis was having a go at her bad forkage skills. Oh, yeah. Goes, you know, I haven't heard from her for ages, thank God. I mean, hookers, who does that? <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he that was a great line. But Dexter never went, oh, I wonder what Lewis would be doing now if he wasn't dead. You know, so they did kind of mention it, but you don't yeah, have the yeah, freaky guy that you dumped, do you? Yeah, well, I've forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we've kind of transitioned into um, talking about the season in general and, and different mm-hmm. character arcs. Um, we've mentioned Lewis and we've we've talked about Deb really as well. Um, what about Dexter's arc for the season? Um, I mean, he was in that sort of very strange place at the beginning of the season where uh, Deb had discovered his secret and it unraveled very, very quickly and, and oh, left God, us all yeah. quite breathless. Um, yeah, head rolled. Yeah, um, and then we like, had the introduction of, of Hannah's character and, and and what was quite a divisive, you know, for the audience, quite a divisive storyline. Um, I mean, Matt, I know you had uh, had some grave reservations about um, the whole 
love thing at times, and I can remember you ending one of your voicemails along the lines of, Ugh, and then <laughs> hang, hanging up. I think I, yeah, I, I think I was like, you know, next do us a favour, stick something else in her and dump her overboard. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, I still think we could have done without her. You know, I think Deb could have done everything that, you know, Hannah's done, you know, question the dark passenger. You know, I don't think Hannah was completely necessary, really. Um, I get it. I understand it. It was to get him to be more in love, you know, show his humanity, pull that out of him. But Deb still could have done that. Um, but I get it. Um, she still annoys me. <laughs> but I don't feel as strongly about it as I did. I probably am no longer completely on Travis's side in that one. Um, yeah. But I tell you, it's nice to see Dexter change and stay changed. Because for the last few seasons, he's gone, I'm changing, I'm changing. No, I'm not, I'm okay. I want to stay as I am. You know, I'm going to explore religion, but it's not for me. That's okay. I'll leave it be and I'll just stay as I am. So it's nice to have him actually grow. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And he's, he's, he's experienced... He's experienced true love for the first time, and um, I've I've enjoyed seeing him go through that this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right to point out that some of the things Hanra's facilitated. You could argue that maybe Deb could have could have done that if Dexter had opened up to her about um, the dark passenger. Maybe mm-hmm. Deb could have given him the same heads up. Hey, you know, Dex, it's only you, mate. <laughs> There's nobody yeah. else there. Um, Dad was full of shit, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, they did it in the books. I think, you know, <clears throat> said Harry fucked up. You know, he was wrong, Dex. Yeah. You know, but the books aren't really a good thing to go by. They're not brilliant. Well, you mentioned that uh, that uh, Deb could have said that. And, and now that you mention it, there was a perfect scene that could have been done early on in the season. It was the uh, episode where, or the scene where uh, Deb and Dexter are sitting in... That was when she decided she was going to watch him full-time, you know. And yeah. and he, they're sitting at the table, and she's serving the spaghetti, remember? And, she's, yeah. and he he named... He said... Uh, it's, it, oh, yeah. He called it the Dark Passenger, and she said you gave it a gave name. It a, yeah. And, yeah, and that would have been... You could have easily, very, very easily just transitioned right in. Because, look, I mean, you look at this uh, the scene that between Dexter, Dexter and Hannah, and it really was the same thing. It was it was morning, and she basically said pretty much the same thing as Deb said. Was what you call you gave it a name? It's called yeah. the Dark Passenger, you know. So you could have done it. I mean, it could have been done. You're right, you know. No, I but, think the uh, you're right about he was describing that over spaghetti. But I think the Dark Passenger bit came in the second episode when they were in his living room. He says it's been with me ever since. I call it my Dark Passenger. Oh I, yeah, sitting on the ground. floor. Okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, nice. You know, but it never really went anywhere, so... Maybe but, it just wasn't the best time for it, considering everything that was happening, you know, emotionally-wise. It was too crazy. I mean, there was a lot to go through, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, but I, is I, a little bit unnecessary. I, you know, in terms... Spaghetti was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, talking about the, the Hannah, I, I really... You know, I actually liked... like I liked the character... Uh, I thought that it was great that you didn't really know what she was thinking, uh, what she was feeling, what her intentions were for most of the season. It, it wasn't often, it wasn't easily telegraphed. Because you always had to guess 
where she was coming from, whether she, what she was saying was honest, mm. uh, was true, if she was telling Dexter the truth, if she really meant what she said. Um, and I, and I, and I liked, I liked that about her. I thought that that was, uh, was cool. Cause it, it reminded me a lot of Dexter, especially early on in the, in the, in the season when you, when he would talk to people and most of the time it was just a blatant lie. And as the, you know, the series has progressed, he's been a lot more truthful, um, in what he says and his feelings. Uh, especially when it comes to say, you know, being emotional with other people and saying things like "I love you" or you know, um, you know, anything along those lines. So, but with Hannah, I, I I liked I liked that about her, and I thought that it was a nice, it was a nice relationship, you know, because eventually you did realize that it was true. There was like, there was actually something there between them, and it wasn't about. Well, um, I'm lonely. I have no one else. So, how about I just latch on to you because you're like me? Uh, it felt more like you're like me, but I really felt like we have a connection. And I thought that was, you know, uh, I yeah. like that about. I don't dislike her. I just <laughs> I feel like with everything else that was going on, we could have been focused. Yeah, that, that, people are going. Come on, I want I want Lord Dex and Deb. I don't want to watch him own this blonde. We've seen that before. You know, if that's the feelings that I had, I just felt like with so much else going on. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too much. Yeah, well, I think that was part of Hannah's purpose in the show as a character was to facilitate that, uh, or maybe facilitate's not the word, but to, the, to be an, an antagonist uh, for the Deb and Dexter relationship and to create additional tension there. Mm. Uh, and obviously it, it prompted Deb to uh, to blurt out what she did uh, sitting outside her, her beach house about being in love with him or was yeah. in love with him. Oh, what a scene. <clears throat> Yeah. If, I'm sorry, if she yeah. doesn't get an Emmy for, for this season. Yeah, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, she that, totally that, deserves it this time. At the very this, least, I mean, a nomination. Yeah. yeah definitely. She's been a phenomenal actress since the beginning. And then, of course, I, you know, she's grown as an actress, obviously, yeah. as you've seen. But, I mean, but even in the first season, um, you could tell it was raw. Um, maybe she was just, it was just the natural ability was there. Uh, but even back then, I mean, the raw ability was just like, like, you could just see it. And I mean, it helps that the character of Deb is just so, just has so much there, just so much, uh, substance. Very and it's such a, yeah, very layered character. And she, um, and, and she's, I don't know, she's, she takes Deb and she just, just soars with her. Her talent just, takes Deb in so many different directions and you can see every emotion on her sleeve. It's like right mm-hmm. there. Which yeah. I think is fantastic. And she's only yeah. she's only gotten better. I'll definitely yeah. be rooting for her for an Emmy. That would be uh that would be fantastic. She definitely deserves it, especially this season. Oh, God yeah. 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 It'd be nice to see De- it'd be nice to see Dexter win something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hasn't for a while, not since season not really four, since season four, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I think the last few seasons have been, you know, it, it's been going through a transitional period, obviously, so that, that they took some time finding their footing again after yeah. season four. Um, but hopefully, think, the, uh, the 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 memory of those two seasons won't take. You know, yeah, I uh, think basically uh, they, like Dexter, have kind of been spinning. They didn't quite know what to do. You know, it's it's quite poetic, really, that you know they were both floundering at the same time. Yeah, and they, uh, it was a poetic choice rather than an actual fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, I think they had uh, I think they had an idea of the stories they wanted to tell towards the end of the series, but until they knew when that was going to happen, they weren't ready to pull the trigger on it. So, yeah. like, yeah. what can we make up in the in the time being? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I mean, and, and unfortunately those just turn out to be less interesting. Yeah, I think if they'd have pulled the trigger in season five as opposed to season six, mm-hmm. you know, uh, have a find out at the curtain scene. Yeah. Would season six and seven and that been so bad? What what would we have seen instead? Would it be as bad? Or would we just get slower versions of what we've already got now? It may have been similar or the same, just I, brought forward. Yeah, the thing is, I feel like a lot of the things, the changes they made, the the improvements they made to this season that make us like it way more than 5 and 6 are because of the backlash to 5 and 6. So maybe without those two seasons existing, they wouldn't have the feedback to go off of to yeah, catapult us into these, into these better seasons. So they may, they may not have the best seasons of Dexter, but I think they certainly served a purpose. Yeah. I like how this season has, has felt like it's felt almost like a different show because we had that absolutely humongous game changer of a twist at the end of last season. It really was a game changer because the show's never going to be the same again. No, um, you can't go back. It's crazy too yeah. when you think about it. season six. Like I, I really, I didn't see that coming. Like they didn't even like I didn't think. I, I thought they coming. would kind of be built. I mean, I, I saw. I knew they were eventually going to do that. But like season six had nothing really to do with you know Deborah coming close to finding out his secret, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's killing Travis Marshall of all people, who you know in the grand scheme of things doesn't serve much of a purpose in the entire <laughs> show, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden she walks in on him, and it's like, holy shit! I kind of like, disagree. How so? Well, it's just that it was the first episode, and you had Dexter yeah. talking about you know where they were looking around that school for Harrison, and he, she goes. Wait, you you don't believe in anything? You believe in nothing? As well, I suppose I have a certain set of principles so that I don't get in trouble. And she goes, "You sound like a puppy." I thought, ah, she's going to find out this season. That's it. That um, I knew. Ah, <laughs> it sounds yeah, stupid, but it felt that. like laying the groundwork. I thought, yeah, she's going to find out something this season. Very well, subtle hinting at that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's good it was slight, but I sort of saw that and went, yeah, okay, I know. <laughs> well, I, I thought that it was. Uh... The re- I, I really thought that it was going to happen in se- last season because I thought you can't come as close as you did in season five without the next season pushing it further. Because because if you, if they didn't do it last season, for instance, I think so many fans would have been like crying come foul on. because it's like, come on, okay, if you do it, almost do it in season five, you got to at least push through that in season six. I mean, come yeah. on. And yeah. It's getting towards the end of the series run. You know That's how many great. more seasons do they have? Is do they have in the shows? You know, run. So, I mean, you've yeah. got to pull the trigger at some point. I think I, I started to think that it was going to happen during the last episode because right before the episode aired, they were doing interviews and they were talking about, uh, you know, it's going to be one hell of a cliffhanger. Someone said something about season six ends, your jaws will be on the floor. And I was like, really? This story doesn't feel very yeah. impactful. I don't see how they could do something with Travis that would really yeah. have that effect on you. So Aside I was like, from killing Harrison. Yeah, like, it, like that. That was that was actually a thought I had. I was like, if he kills Harrison, you know, there it showed the the preview and it showed him like kidnapping Harrison and all mm-hmm. that. And I was yeah. like, that would be crazy. But I, was like, I don't if think they we'll kill do him. That. No, you, it's just you can't. Nobody dares kill a child in TV. Yeah. You know, I think once you're six months, you're immortal till you're about fifteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I I'm looking at because I think which one of you was it? You Matt or was it Nick that said that uh, you rewatched the whole series prior to the Nick to the, in the off season. I do that. Uh, okay, uh, I, I do the same thing. Like, right, like right when we're like coming up to the premiere of the next season, uh, probably mm-hmm. in about a month, month and a half, maybe, uh, I'll watch the entire series run yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, 
um, right before season seven started, when I got through season six, which was painful, um, <laughs> I, 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 I realized, because I could watch it just one after another, it, to me at least, it just it felt so, um, I feel like everybody was so bored, you know? Yeah. Like I got, yeah. I almost got the sense that I mean, I even Michael C. Hall, I could tell at times almost like he's probably just like, "Come on, can I just get through this? Come on, please." You know, yeah. I, I get uh, that same impression from season sort of five, mid season five onwards. There was a sort of lackluster feel from everybody, which is funny because I th- I feel like his his attitude because I noticed the same thing, but I, I think his mm. attitude was so like his even his acting like that fi- that final scene in the church where he's talking to Travis. Felt like he was so much more invigorated. I think because I think knowing what was he, coming. Yeah, and he was yeah. like, "This is it. Yeah. We're finally pulling the trigger." And he was like, "That scene sh- Plus, shines, think, in my opinion, is one of the best scenes of the entire show." I think when they were shooting yeah. that episode, they probably knew that they were coming towards the end. Like they knew they were a se- you know they had eight seasons, so it's like, yeah, okay, the end is in sight. Then I can leave and I can make movies and I can do new stuff and not have to do this all the time. You know. <laughs> Jennifer probably walked on set that day and they're like, oh, by the way, uh, you're going to find out about Dexter's secret today. And she's like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. It would get the juices flowing, wouldn't it? It would definitely explain the uh, the the change in uh, quality in that final episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, apparently they are the only ones who knew that that yes. was going to yeah. happen. No one else got that. So, yeah, yeah, everyone else in the episode would be like, oh, here comes another shit finale. You know, Deb's... Dexter and Jennifer Carpenter and Mike Ziola were very, this is great, I love it. What are you I mean, being so funny, excited about? As you wait. You know, so, yeah. I mean, the, it's funny because when you use the term finale, it implies mm. you actually have to be invested and be excited to see what's going to happen. I don't think a lot mm. of people felt that investment in season six. Not in season six, no. Mm. Uh, so, did you, uh, did, is there anything in, in season five and season six that everybody really, really did like? I mean, personally, I'm one of the few people out there who actually really enjoyed season five. I, liked- I, did, I did too. I actually, I actually enjoyed it. I'll be okay. honest. I loved season five throughout the entire beginning of the whole, right up till the final episode, right up until the last five fucking minutes. Oh, uh, wait. Soon as turns around and goes, I'm leaving. And he goes, her dark passage is gone. I was like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, season five but again, went one of the best to one of the worst. It, it was that quick. It was the fact they just went, story's done. It sucked. Yeah. I, yeah. It, but, it, it did leave a little, uh, leave me a little bit wanting. But then again, I thought about it more and I was like, Lumen I thought was actually a great storyline. I think it was handled really well in season five, but I don't necessarily think I would want the show to continue with him having Lumen as a partner. I think it felt really good as like a contained story. I think it would have made sense if they'd have just had her in the first episode of season six and she's just there going, I, I, I can't do this. You know, and she leaves at the end of episode one. Then you pick up with a tighter season six with 11 yeah. episodes to cover the stupid Colin Hanks storyline. Yeah, have her, have her realize that she doesn't really have a dark passenger, that she doesn't really like to kill when she's standing in a kill room about to kill someone who has nothing to do with the fact that she was raped. Yeah. Like, like that's the moment where she's like, wait, don't I don't do it think the I'm... next day. Get done yeah. like three months in advance, three, four months ahead of time. After yeah. time's gone by and she's kind of like realized that she just can't do this anymore, I think it would have been more satisfying. It was just you too know. fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked it. 
I thought season five was great because I loved it as a season of redemption for Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. made yeah. sense in terms of the story arc. I just don't like how quickly Lumen left. I take all of it, and I, I thought it was, you know, me and I watched, I lived with friends at this point, and we watched it together every Monday, and we were all on the edges of our seats virtually every episode. You know, especially when Dexter was chasing Mr. Plastic Rap. You know, with yeah. the uh, <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, that was good. Application and Masuka doing his double-ended thing. That's we the Auto erotic mummification. Yeah, and we, we were shouting with joy when Dev shot Santa Muerte in the head. We were completely utterly engrossed in it. Yeah, but as soon as Lumen left, we were like, "What was the I point?" Th- I think yeah. the only thing that really, I think, if I, looking back, the only mistakes that season five made were uh, were. The drop storylines and the drop characters. The Santa Muerta storyline was just, it's gone. And yeah. Officer Mazone, when she just, uh, took Deb's position or a desk and then she disappeared and you never saw her again. I think those are the only things where I thought, okay, they, they should have found a way to wrap up those storylines or incorporate them further into the season or something. Um, that that's somehow make them mean something to, to Dexter, who is the central character in the entire show like but i feel like none of those had any impact on any of the characters really except for maybe deb, deb. yeah yeah since um season five i think does get a little bit of a bad rap uh but stand it next to season six and it's i, I think it stands quite head and shoulders above season it's an, six it's an emmy yeah. winning season <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it had it, it had its shortcomings as you've as you've talked about but i think I think there was some good stuff for Dexter's character in, in there. Yeah, I, and, I uh, and I bought it. into the Lumen character. I, I I thought it was perfectly plausible that she would leave at the end. She'd, as Dexter said, a dark passenger, a darkness is gone or whatever, and, and she was on her way. I, I I didn't mind it happening in the last episode, and it wasn't too much of a surprise when you... There's the, the sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The cliche of the one-season guest star... That I don't yeah. think anybody really expected Julia Stiles to to be around for a second season, so I I, I didn't I wasn't it, so bothered about that, and it kind of fitted. Just, it was a surprise for me they did it so quickly. It it just felt a little bit too abrupt. Uh, yeah, I think it was just a little bit lazy, like it, almost in the same way that the uh, Catherine Estrada in, in Broad Daylight thing was lazy. Like like having yeah. her wake up one day and realize it's gone. That's kind of lame. I, I they, they could have done it some other way, but overall, I really enjoyed that season. In fact, I'll go as far as to say I think the only noticeably poor season of Dexter is season six. I even loved I even loved three. I love three. I thought it was a great season. Three is definitely better than six. It's there's something about it that's just not quite right. I I think it's I don't know what it is. It's he he was just a sucky character. But there's just some I've watched it oh quite a few times and I'm like, there's just something wrong here. Yeah. And it, I don't know what it is. There's just the whole feel of the season just didn't feel right. It was slower. It was slower, uh, definitely. But I think also I think the the Miguel Prado thing was one of the more interesting storylines of that entire show. I I, I kind of I really bought into that character and I liked the way they played off each other and and all the way up until the the, the scene where he kills Estrada or not Estrada uh, Prado. Prado. I think like that that kill scene was one of my favorite kill scenes of the entire show. It's one of mine. Right now, right, it's funny because the two seasons I think that were looked at as one of the worst seasons I think had two of the best kills. I think I think Prado and and Marshall are two of the best kill scenes of the of the entire show because they're so intimate and and personal to Dexter and then have some of the best lines of the entire show. Mm-hmm. I love it when when Prado tells him, uh, or I forgot exactly what he says, but he, he goes, "I killed my brother," 
and I killed yours. And then, like, oh my god, I was jumping up and down when he said that. It was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> do you do you think that um I mean I I've mentioned this to uh, to Gareth before, um but as as we've gone through the show, obviously the whole cliche of the one season guest star, especially on Dexter, is is well deserved. Um, do you do you think that if Hannah continues into season eight, that it's going to be a, a welcome thing to finally see someone who's like on the show for more than one season, that where it's like, okay, you know what, it's it's actually great, you know. I mean, I I know that that um, it would be a nice departure from tradition. Actually, I'm telling a lie. There is one guest star who did make it through to a uh, through two seasons. Lundy. Well, actually, no, I wasn't Dokes. counting him. Not Dokes. He was a, he was an actual named star. He was in the credits. I was yeah. thinking of Anton Briggs, Deb's uh, uh, yeah. stoner boyfriend. Yeah. He was in yeah. season three. He was in season four. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's yeah, not I mean, that's, that's true. No, you're right. It, it's but I think a big uh, name, perhaps more, you could say. Yes, yeah. There might there might have very very minor characters, and it's easier to continue a minor character onto you know, another season. But but taking someone like Lumen or taking someone else uh, who's made an impact on Dexter or or, or Deb. Uh, and continue them through would be great. And I always kind of hoped that the one thing that I really, it's probably the thing that I am more disappointed with than anything is that I always wanted Dexter to find his Moriarty. Yeah. That one character who is as good is, is, is Dexter at what he does. And it almost symbiotic. I mean, that's what was great about, I think, um, Lewis. About Lewis or, or, or Dexter's brother, Brian, yeah, was that to my mind. they had this symbiotic relationship in, in almost like a mind meld where like they were basically two halves of the same character and, and Lewis would have been great, uh, mm-hmm. in that I wanted, I always wanted to see, see Lewis transition from this geeky think- intern mm-hmm. to someone as dark and as good is yeah. dangerous is what Dexter was, and to see that to see that transition happen from season six up till say the end of season eight when it was apparent, you know, and I just I really thought that would be fantastic to see someone to see Dexter go up against a character who's earned to be his final kill in season eight. Or yeah, that definitely kills him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I genuinely think that we would have got that with Lewis if he wasn't doing his play, um, you know, because he's got the mad computer skills. He was dangerous, fascinated with killers, a bit creepy, you know. He'd have been a loose cannon, wouldn't he? A bit unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, he would have made a good. Uh, I think I asked that in the preview podcast. I said, "Do you think he's going to be Dexter's Moriarty?" Hmm. Yeah. And I was sort of disappointed that he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had no idea at the time. I gotta be honest, I actually had that. Uh, I don't. I, well, there was room for for error, but I, I, to a degree, I had that spoiled for me because on, I think on IMDb, he was only listed in press for the first three episodes, and then I saw that, that was also confirmed somewhere else, and I was like, oh god, they're gonna write him out. He's not gonna be. Uh... Oh, it was when they started releasing the synopsis for the for the each episode. Yeah. Showtime started putting those out pretty early, and I. I think they said something about it in episode three about about Lewis, and then he was never mentioned again in any of the synopsises, and I was like, uh, okay, well, yeah. he's gone. <laughs> no, speaking, speaking of, of being spoiled and for 
and stuff like that. I I remember uh, a few weeks back, and I kept forgetting to send my email in, Gareth, on this because I was like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really think they would do it. I mean, on, honestly, there's a big part of me thought, okay, there's pretty much no way, but if they're going to have this explosive finale and just jaw-dropping moment, um, I remember it was announced if, if maybe about three or four weeks ago that Jennifer Carpenter had signed on to do a movie and that the uh, that the filming was supposed to start in like February or March. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, wait, that's when Dexter starts. Well, how's that going to happen? I mean, I'm like, like, oh, is there any possible way, any possible way that Deb could die or be, you know, in a hospital in like a coma or some something where like she can't possibly be filming Dexter because she's dead or incapacitated in some way or, you know, because she was going to be filming. You know, I thought that was going to, I was actually scared that could be a possibility. I think, yeah. yeah, I think killing dead would have been a jaw-dropping finale. But I, the one thing I just wish that people wouldn't do is just talk about it, just shut up. You know, just don't tell us anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell us that... Yeah, welcome to the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the only way you can avoid anything is just to shut yourself off altogether. Media blackout for the next nine months. Yeah. I did that this year, actually. I didn't go on that Dexter Daily website or anything because oh, I really actually wanted to see what was coming. I didn't want to yeah. be spoiled. I'm hopelessly, I'm hopelessly addicted to that website. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but And I, the weirdest thing, the so I saw you saw the fan backlash for the, the Deb and Dexter romance thing. The weirdest thing is all the supporters for that for that storyline, have all created on that website. All of oh, them. Dear. Everybody on that website is like, oh my god, everything that, every, it's so every post perfect. like, it's, they're perfect together, don't do it. And then like, every time Scott Buck says something about that storyline being over, they're like, kill him at the stake! <laughs> that, there are some strange people who post on that website. There are some serious trolls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought I was, weird. I was kind of like, maybe I can warm up to the idea, it doesn't seem so bad. But then I got in there and was like, oh my god, there's some weird people here that really want that to happen. It's not as disgusting as it was when it, when it was broached. You know, it's like, don't, don't yeah. go there, please don't do that. No. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> throughout this season, I'd, I'd had to concede that, that that whole thing did kind of lend itself to some of the things that Deb experienced and said and went through this season. Yeah. I think they handled, they, they handled, they, they wrapped that storyline they, they wove that storyline very well in this new season, and yeah, I, I yeah, I have to give them a bit of credit yes, there. And yeah, I, I like, especially after what's happened now in the finale, I don't think yeah. there's any way that can go forward in that direction. No. So, so I, I don't know if I believe them whether or not they were ever in, always intending for it to be that way, but I, I think things worked themselves out. You're supposed to preserve the crime scene, asshole. <laughs> This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. Keep up to date with the show on Twitter. Follow at Dissect Dexter. I mean, maybe maybe that, that brings us to a point where in, the, in the conversation where we can perhaps return to moving forward from here. I mean, you mentioned how Deb now, the, the state she's in, she's, she's not going to be entertaining any further romantic aspirations uh, towards Dexter. If she does, um, I mean, she's messed up. Yeah, I mean, when when you were talking before about season eight or what might happen, I was I was picturing the the show finishing with um, maybe Deb putting a gun in her mouth and and being Dexter's Ooh. final victim because she's you know she's not she's not had forty years of of being screwed up like Dexter has and and 
being mm-hmm. able to get accustomed to it and being at peace with who he is. Yeah, I mean, he has been who he is. for 20 years. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been actually. in this vein for a long time, and, and yeah. now she's in... It's all... A lot has happened in a short space of time, and, and she's... She's screwed. I, I, yeah. I she's, she's not... She's not going to be the same again. No. Um, and I don't know how she'll handle it. I mean, whether she'll think, be up to it. She's you think she'll go down in the cliche of the... Uh, the uh, alcoholic cop. I mean, I would I would like to see them subvert that uh, that cliche, but at the same time, I don't know that there's a single character cop wise who deserves to have that storyline more than Deb at this point. Because I mean, look what she's been through in the space mm-hmm. of what maybe two months. She's gone through more trauma uh, inflicted on her or and by herself. Than, than any character, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe she, maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's it's maybe really abusing those pills. Maybe it's it's taking them, and then have you know maybe she ends up have accidentally killing somebody on the job because she's all dipped out on medication and or I, I mean I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, well, like, she she could go completely that direction and just be completely and utterly clean and refuse to break any rules for a while. True. True. You know, she could go complete. You know, the, the, she could literally go from one extreme to the other, yeah. or she could spend the rest of this, most of the season, in a catatonic state. <laughs> you know, it's not impossible. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh, do, do you? Does everybody believe that this is going to be a, a sixteen-episode season? Because right now we're standing at eighty-four episodes, and one hundred is the magical number for syndication. It'll be lovely. And, and I think that. It, I think uh, sixteen episodes. I yeah, think it'd be a bit much for one season. But I think that that getting to that one hundred is a big deal for a, for, for Showtime because it gives them a, a money rev, a revenue stream from Dexter Beyond. It you know airing its its seasons mm-hmm. and when the show's all done they'll be able to get a revenue stream from the syndication rights and I think a show like Dexter there'd probably be a lot of a lot of places that would love to to grab a hold of those syndication rights. So, I mean, I think 16 episodes might be stretching it a bit, but I also think that if it would maybe lend Deb storyline to give it more time to breathe and to maybe uh, show her, give her maybe a good five, six episodes where she's just in the shit. I mean, she's just way down deep. And to claw her way back out and maybe get back to being able to what about a mini season? How, how so? Well, they mean? just maybe spend the next, you know, during the hiatus, they produce four episodes, the a Dexter episodes, but are more about Deb. Oh, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd love it. I think it'd be fantastic to see something like that. They, I don't think they'd go for it, but you know, they no. have like four episodes specifically just relating to Dex and Deb. You know, and then they come back in September with the twelve season arc, like they normally wouldn't finish the show. Because they need more than 12 episodes to address what they've done to Deb. It's going to take more than 12 episodes to deal with that. It, it, I think, I think tw- this is maybe the only time where I can honestly say where I feel like 12 just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it lends itself to, the, you know, obviously we know the screen, the screenwriters and Scott Buck and everybody's, they've, they're probably what, I think, uh, like a month or so, maybe a month and a half already into, uh, writing for this season. I mean, I know they, they took a few weeks off after they were done and they basically jumped right back in it afterwards. And, yeah. and I know there's been a lot of rumors about starting filming, you know, like some earlier like, on. Yes, much earlier. And that lends itself to having a, a longer season. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're doing something more ambitious, or well, God knows what they're doing this this time round. But a, a longer season would be nice. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. No, for a final season, I think I'd like it because it's it's like I'd rather it's them enough. have a few extra episodes to really do it justice. Mm-hmm. But to not have enough and try to have to cram everything in, you know. Yeah, because this episode things did feel a bit rushed. You know, like Dex is suddenly turning on Hannah after one, ep- you know, in the in the midst of one episode. My head did spin in certain places, like that that quickly. Really? Okay. Right. Okay. You know, uh, there are things they needed to slow down a little bit for this season as well, here and there. Can y'all uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Got, got you, Nick. Okay. Sorry, guys. While, while you were talking, there, Nick, um, for some reason, dropped from the call. Uh, yes. but you're back. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Nick, Nick, what do you think? Uh, we were. Did you? Could you hear us, or did? Uh, I, I actually was... could not hear anything. So what, what okay. were we talking? About? We were talking about uh, about the possibility of there being a 16 episode season because 100 episodes uh, is is the target number for uh, syndication rights. So you would think that. You guys were standing at 84 now. You would think that Showtime would want to get to 100 because that for them it's a new revenue stream to allow mm-hmm. them to make money after it's all done. And I would think that given the last step of the season, they want to make sure they do everything right, do it correctly, and not try to cram everything in in 12 episodes. I don't think they probably they could do it, but I don't think they could do it as well. So we just want to oh, well, get your thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. I I, I think that uh, that's also. Indicated, but I mean, they're starting the writing process a lot earlier too. Like, I think they don't normally yeah. start till April or May, and they're starting in February, um, which which is interesting. I think they've actually, oh no, they're starting shooting in February. They've already yeah. started in the writing room. Yeah, yep. that's that's they, my they, understanding. It must is be that, published, um, right? Because well, near enough, they must have their season planned. If they're going to start filming in January or February, I mean, they, they've, they've got to have their first drafts. You know, they must have their first second drafts written. Yeah, I think, the absolute uh, I think least. I think Scott Reynolds said that they went back into the writing room only a week after they finished uh, filming the the last season. Yeah, or season. So I mean, usually they they take a couple months off, and this is uh, mm. this is the first time they've taken they've only taken a week. So I I, I would say it would, they must it would be pretty be, excited. Yeah, it well. would be a damn shame, anyways, to stop before one hundred. Like making mm-hmm. it to ninety six would kind of suck. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, the que- the question is why? Why are they have they brought the schedule forward? Is it to fit around something Michael C. Hill wants to do, or is it because they're they're looking at an extended season? I think that's what most people are hoping that it's Hope, hoping for episodes. the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I th- well, I think hoping, and I think uh, look, I mean, if this is the final season, and I think that you know, I know there's always a possibility and all that stuff, but I, th- I think I, I really don't think it's going to be go beyond it. There, there may be some form that it might take, maybe a continuing animated series or something. But I think as a magazine, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's, these days. there's ways they could take this, uh, but not be with the show. And I think what I'm what I'm feeling looking at this is that it. Everybody's so excited, and Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter, they know this is the last season. Mm-hmm. And just like this season, they want to put everything they've got, every every ounce of, of effort and emotion and, and whatever they've got to do to make this final season unbelievable. And I think the writers are doing the same thing. They're like, they don't want to distance themselves from the material for a couple months. They're like, while it's still fresh in their mind and, and everything they've already done for this season, it's like, okay, take a week off. 
go on holiday, go to a beach somewhere, just kick back for a week, then come back and we're going to dive right in. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another sense. there's another aspect to this, and that is that Dexter continues to break ratings records. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's still a massive hit for Showtime. It's it's arguably their flagship. Well, it isn't. It's their th- it's their flagship drama. Yeah. Um, but do you think know, Homeland, say what you like about Homeland? But um, <clears throat> do you, you think know, Homeland does the do you think Homeland helps that with that though? The ease of if if they don't renew it because it, Homeland is a big hit as well. If if they don't happen to renew it, it, they've got another big hit. They can just be like. I think Homeland is poised to take over for Dexter as the the flagship series for Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after that finale, if you all saw the finale for season two. I'm not oh. into Homeland yet. It's another oh one of the my. shows that I've yeah, I, I let pass me by. Holy shit. It's, it's, not the, <laughs> it's not the best show ever, but it's... it's. I, I saw it described on uh, on Twitter the other day as, as the classier sister of 24. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, that would be an interesting way of putting and it. And it yeah. does feel very 24-esque mm-hmm. a, a lot. Um, but obviously we, we digress. But um, yeah. I, I think Showtime do obviously have um, a vested interest in the show, and if I, I don't, I don't think they'd have a problem if uh, if either the creators, uh, if, if if the creators ask for a, an extra few episodes to tell their conclusion. No, I, I very much doubt Showtime would go. But why? Yeah. Yeah, the the money will be there. The budget will be there. And if it means, if it's a difference between getting to syndication or not, they're going to go for it, aren't they? Of course they are. It's in their best interest. I'd be surprised if they didn't. The question is, when they, uh, they would already know this, wouldn't they? Because when they were first signed, they were trying to get Michael C. Hall on board for two more seasons. They were, you know, in talks for quite a while. And I, maybe this is why they were. Oh, it's possible. I'm I'm just wondering. Wait, wait, wait. You guys want me to do an extra four episodes? You're paying me how much? And and yeah, you know how much per episode? <laughs> Can I wrangle an extra few million out of this? Yeah, you know because to be fair, he's probably not too happy about it either because he's got you know movies coming out of his ears that he's got to be in. Yeah. yeah. So he must really want to get moving because he you know everybody wants him. Well, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's hard to be uh, you know when you look at any when you're part of a show for as long as as these actors are and and. Personally, for me, I've always I've always stated um, that I don't think any show I don't think any show should go ever go beyond six seasons. I don't think that any show should ever go beyond that because I think at that point it's harder to keep the momentum. Things get stale, and we've seen that time and again from other shows. Hmm. But anyway, I, but I think when you've been on a show as long as these actors have, with Jennifer Carpenter, and Michael C. Hall especially, because they have so much to do. It's so hard for them. I mean, they they got to turn down movie after movie after movie. And, and you know, how many stories have you heard of like, oh, I had to turn the, turn down this movie, and this movie ended up being like an Oscar winning movie and a huge hit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. just that, but you've got the fear of being typecast. Yeah, yeah. which like, at this point, it's already <laughs> it's if he's going to be typecast, it's already done. Oh yeah, you know, he he basically did two films that involved dead, not two shows that end up. Having dead bodies, so he says he he has a rule now that he he doesn't accept any role that involves being with a dead body, <laughs> whether he's helping <laughs> yeah. it, whether he's making it, or yeah. tending to it. He doesn't do anything. With dead body. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's probably a smart move, but he I think at this yeah. point, especially with something as beloved as Dexter, I think he uh, he has a certain he probably feels a certain sense of obligation to to bring closure to that character, um, even if, even if that means having to go work on it a little bit longer. 
Uh, mm. I mean, I mean, the, the end is in sight for, for the show, so it must be nice knowing that in a year's time, the character will be will be wrapped, the show will be wrapped, and he can move on to do what he wants. Yeah. So for him, it's probably only a matter. Of, I just got to press press on for another couple of months, and then yeah. it's probably I can do though, I like want. it's probably it's a little like Harry Potter. You know, mm-hmm. you think how long they did all, you know, they were on the, they did that for 10 years and, and they have the two part finale, you know, when they split the movie, it, it's the same deal. It's like they probably couldn't wait to get a chance to go on and do different things, but it's like mm-hmm. this character, this job has given you the Everything. fame, the yeah. money to yeah. do these things that you, you have to turn down. So it's like, you're right, you feel an obligation and you're just like, okay, look, I want to go do some of these other things, but you know what? I've got let's to push through. Thoughts. Yeah. Let's, let's make it great, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now that they've pulled the trigger on the dead thing, it's probably a lot more enticing than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, because now, now they really are trading new territory. Yeah. You know, whereas seasons four, five, six, it was kind of the same thing. You know, he's got a serial killer to face, and Deb's not going to find out, but wait, she knows. You know, so they are... Treading new ground, it's not. And now, even, even after even after season seven, now they've they've pulled yet another trigger that yeah. I would imagine is pretty pretty exciting to, to move forward with. So, I, I know, ho- hopefully, he feels the same excitement that the audience does. Now. Audience, I, does I now. imagine that Jennifer Carpenter is just buzzing. Yeah, yeah. she's basically next season. She's going to be acting her socks off. Yeah, yeah. there's and, no uh, way that she can tone down her performance now. There was she. Tweeted, she's going to be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, she tweeted. I guess the day they were filming the finale, one of the scenes from the finale. I'm I'm assuming at this point it was probably the fin- scene in the shipping scene. container. Yeah, and uh, she she tweeted she, she had to go sit in her car for a while and like like just chill because she was like freaking out. She's like, I can't believe this is happening. She tweeted oh, from imagine. it. Just, yeah, well, now, that's, that's cool. I'm, it's cool to see them them kind of at least her giving these kind of insightful behind the scenes kind of reactions to what they're doing because. At this- Start on the phone call, Gareth. Yeah. You said that, you know, and it's true that Scott Buck said, you know, that what happened after LaGuardia got shot was unplanned. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe, you know, she really did need a few minutes to just chill. Because I suppose even though they're firing blanks and using squibs, there must have been a certain amount of shit. That looked real. Yeah. Well, I think it's also probably because if that is the final scene, the final, final scene, that they shot, then, I mean, that's the end of, 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 uh, uh, I'm sorry, the actress. Lauren Velez. Thank you, thank you, yeah. Um, You know, they've been together for how long? It's gotta be really emotional. Yeah. I could totally ruin it for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it wasn't the last scene they shot. Yeah. Yeah, Flashbacks later. (laughs) But yeah. Well, it was between them though, right? Yeah. And it, it's a powerful thing. It ends their story together because they were basically butting heads from day one. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a massive thing that they've mm. blown apart. I went to the church that night that you killed Travis Marshall to tell you that I'm in love with you. <laughs> I know it's weird and it's gross and it's fucked up. <laughs> This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. You're a serial killer and I'm more fucked up than you are. And I think, uh, you know, we, we, we are obviously saying goodbye to, to a character who we've, we've 
been with since oh. season one. I mean, she's to be fair, she's not been the most popular character. Um, I don't think that's any fault of the actress. Uh, I, I think her character, much like Batista, has, has been sidelined for a lot of the time, just just sort of plodding along and treading water and not doing anything particularly interesting. But I, I do appreciate that they've given a, this meaty storyline and a key storyline uh, to go out on. No, I think uh, the, uh, it's funny you mentioned Batista because I think yes, that might change next him. season. I think the events that happened at the end of the season finale of this year are going to kind of pass the torch from LaGuerta to Batista. Yeah. Because I'm, they had to set that whole retirement thing up to have him like cancel his retirement when he finds out LaGuerta has been murdered. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, I mean, I, I wonder what will happen structurally. Sorry, we're going to go first. We keep doing this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I just wonder what will happen structurally within the department, whether oh. um, Deb will move up to captain um, and Ooh. be the youngest captain. That, oh, uh, God, that would that would torture her. Oh, would Matthews come yeah. back? I think uh, Matthews is still deputy chief. I think he, you know, you see him in his suit later on. I think he's back as the deputy chief for a little while. Mm. So I, think I, I know uh, in the rep... I can't. Remember. I think it was that same interview, but they yeah, had said with the creators' video, they're not planning to fill Laguerta's gap. Yeah, they were felt uh, season, so I don't think there's going to be a captain for a while. They're talking about right now about like they keep saying that they're still in talks with actors and stuff to to nail down some of the their their spots. But I think they're talking about they actively said they're working on getting uh, uh, oh, I can't remember Matthews to come back. So I think we'll be seeing more of him next season. Mm. Can, can we talk a little bit about uh, Quinn? Because I think we haven't talked about really. Uh, He's Quinn. still alive. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, which yeah, I don't want to put money on it. I, I, I couldn't believe yeah. it. There's another character. This was his probably most interesting plot of the show, I think. For a while, yeah. Oh, actually, while. no, I take that back. Season 5, he had a better plot. I think his investigation yes. into Dexter was his best plot. And yeah. his whole duplicitousness with Deb, that was more interesting, yeah. And somehow he has survived all this shit. What is going on? And, and, and Nadia, of course, you know, disappears, which, for her character, I understand, you know, I mean, hey, you know, if I, if I was in that scene, I'd probably take the money and run and disappear and never, mm-hmm. you know, turn to, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I mean... I was fine with his what his story was this season as it progressed. You know, I think Gareth thought you also thought that it, you 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 thought we'd see the scene of redemption for him, and we didn't. And, and it's I still just, good. I, I, I mean, it left you last year as well. Yeah, yeah. before he we, went we, out. I mean, is, but, isn't what he did for Nadia kind of an act of redemption a little bit? Like he did that for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look. I guess you're right. He did have a. a there's there's some redemption in that act, for, to be sure. I, I I don't know. I guess they gotta have plans for him. I mean, he, there's there's no reason to keep him around this long. I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually like Quinn, character wise. I wish they would give him more interesting things to do. If they gave him interesting stuff, it'd be fine. I just like to see some interesting, interesting. Mm. It's gonna be. Tough. I wonder if it'll be him and Batista together in the last season. You awesome. find out Dexter, maybe figure it out, or I mean, yeah. Quinn might be the one keeping Batista at bay because he remembers what Dexter did for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, we may get a resurrection of of all those suspicions and and all that work Quinn did back in season five. Um, yeah, but obviously he owes Dexter his his, his liberty. Um, freedom, yeah. 
But I, 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 I'm surprised I, I, they didn't focus on his face or anything when he when yes. he was being walked through the bullpen. Like he, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was standing in the background. Mm. But like that would have been interesting to see his face, like put, kind of put two and two together. Like yeah. So she thinks he's the Bay Harbor Butcher, and I for a while suspected he was killing people. He but, is. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No smoke without fire. Come on, Quinn. I know you're capable of these thoughts. Let's let's have them. Yeah. No, yes. from a circular story perspective. Show a modicum of intellect, yeah. please. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't so far. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's well, you know where it's at. It's the the, the alcohol took all that away. Yeah. He doesn't really have any of that left. I've got to say, I do love drunk Quinn. He does make me laugh. He is great. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to give I us some see a bit more drunk Quinn. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd all like to see more drunk Quinn. Yeah. He's, he's a good laugh. We, we need a bit of like, entertainment. Yeah. Plus he's drunk Quinn with Jamie. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh, I, just, I, I just, it, I just, uh, I can't like, it yeah. just turns my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's um, let, let's kind of uh, move towards wrapping things up because we've 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 been chatting for quite a while and. Uh, it's getting quite late here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I'm, know about you, Matt, but I'm, 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 getting, I'm yawning here. I'm getting quite tired. Um, let's let's just kind of wrap things up by, uh, I guess, just summarising how we feel about the season now. It's all done. Um, just to sort of conclude things, um, we'll just just quickly go around the table, really. Nick, do you want to kick off? Sure. Uh, as far as the the entire season goes, uh, I'm kind of in that camp that thinks that it had a very, very strong first act and final act. I think a lot of the stuff that went down in the middle was a little wishy-washy. Some of it was a little too slow for my taste. Um, like, like I think Hannah served a great purpose, and I think she started to show her, uh, the, her I guess her stronger suits near the end of the season. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed to in the end to kind of see how the whole foxhole thing wrapped up. No one ended up on Dexter's table from the foxhole. I expected at least George to end up on the table. But nope, he just got shot in the chest by Quinn. That was kind of anticlimactic, in my opinion. And uh, I loved Ray Stevenson. Loved him. He was a fantastic character, fantastic actor. Um, and I, I was at first kind of angry about the way his story ended as well, but it grew on me. I watched it again, and uh, in the end, I actually really enjoyed it. But... uh I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed the season. It, it was great. It has me definitely super optimistic for season eight, especially now that it's going to be it's going to be even weirder watching another season of Dexter knowing this is the end. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've been hooked on a show as it's airing, knowing that oh my god, this is the final season. I think the last one I watched was Lost, and that was you know <laughs> yeah. Oh my same god, way. that was <laughs> that was nerve wracking. I was like oh my god, they're going to they're actually going to try and wrap this up. I don't <laughs> even know how that's possible. Um. So yeah, I, I think uh, it's good to see the show's back on track. I think the writers um, did a really great job kind of addressing the complaints from the last couple seasons. Um, I think they do need to continue working on some of those lazier bits, um, like uh, abducting people in broad daylight. And and, and I, I, I thought it was really stupid that, that Hannah's entire plan to escape prison was made possible because when she ended up in the hospital, she was not handcuffed, but she was in fact... <laughs> Uh, whatever you call it, tie wraps. Yeah, yeah, tie wrap to the fucking uh, thing. Like, what if what if she was in handcuffs? She would have gotten there and been like, oh, well, I guess well, this some, someone would have had to have cut those. Exactly, because you can't. Well, there was next to her. 
Yeah, there were scissors next to her. Yeah, but were yeah. both her hands tie wrapped? Oh, she's yeah. a woman. She's clever. She can use her feet. <laughs> I watched this last night, and I made sure to pay attention to that. Only her left arm was was tied down. The right arm was not. Okay. And so her entire plan hinged on the fact that she would not she wouldn't be handcuffed, and there would be scissors within reach when they got her to the hospital. And that was pretty lazy. I think they could have done something more creative. Maybe had someone tamper with evidence to have her get out on a technicality or something. Um, that would have been way more believable. I think they just need to work on, you know, like especially when a show has been going on this long, people's patience starts to, you know, die a little bit. So yeah. you need to make sure you kind of keep on track so people aren't second guessing your decisions all the time. So, um, but overall, I love the season. I'm I'm really excited to see where they go from here. Excellent, um, Mike. Uh, well, I mean, I, I love the season too. Um, I think this season for me. Uh, ranks right up there with, with the best seasons. You know, I think for me, uh, season one, uh, and season, season four obviously is, is most people love those seasons. And for me, this ranks right up, like, besides season one. Uh, I think this season was a lot, uh, about expect, uh, subverting expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that they did that really, really well. They used, um, pathos and intelligence, um, very, very well. Uh, much better, obviously, especially in the last season and uh, last couple seasons, maybe. And the development of the characters this season has been um, exceptional, and maybe the best they've ever done. They've taken care of the, the characters, whether it was Deb or Dexter, um, Nagorda, even uh, you know, whoever thought we'd ever hear uh, a good storyline for Nagorda in any kind of season review and yeah. they, but they did it but they did it they took her character and they gave her something to do and it shows you what you can do when you give a character something to do that actually you know makes the main character sweat a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so for me uh, I, I loved I loved uh, Ray Speltzer I think uh, in a season that didn't have a lot of uh, bad guys for Dexter to kill on this kill table um, at least memorable ones. Uh, Ray Speltzer was, I think, for me, ranks as one of the coolest, best uh, kill table uh, scenes, and even just bad guys for Dexter to to kill. Um, he's fantastic. And Ray Stevenson, I know we didn't really talk about him um, a lot, and but he was fantastic. Uh, I, and when I say about subverting expectations. His character at first was this ruthless, bad, you know, guy, like this guy you just didn't want to mess with. And they took that character and they turned him and made him philosophical and Made him someone you could sympathize with. Yeah, they made him sad. They made, you know, he made, he was very reflective on, on life and love and the things that he lost. And that kind of character, if done the right way, uh, is unbelievable, and they did it. They did it, which is fantastic. And because that character, any other season would have been just a bad guy, and he would have been on Dexter's kill table at the end, and it would have been a straightforward affair. And with this, they they killed him early, which we didn't expect. And you know, they did it. They made him go out in a very poetic way, which does justice for his character. So for me, this season is uh, unbelievable. The first four or five episodes were just oh, it's ridiculously amazing. And the acting from Jennifer Carpenter this season is maybe some of the best acting I've ever seen uh, from anybody on any series in my life. Definitely. 
Yeah, good uh, oh, good thoughts. Sorry, Nick. Uh, I also just wanted to chime in because I, I, you brought up the kill tables, and I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I thought it was rather odd that this season, for the most part, had no traditional kill rooms. With the except, like he got he, one, he got close with the phantom arsonist, but he didn't actually kill him in the kill room. And then when you, he finally got Estrada at the end, he didn't even really turn that into a kill room. He just put some plastic down on the table. Like there was, n- there was never really the full blown like plastic everywhere where he actually killed his his target. They were all kind of off the beaten path, like not what you expected out of a kill room, like the airport and the crematorium. Um, and I'm sure there were others. I mean, even Hannah, he got her on the table, and that was like a traditional kill room. But then he fucked that up. No <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It was just, it was just odd. There was not really a traditional kill this season. Mm. When you think about it. By the way, I, I we like the group that I was watching it with. We we always get together on Sundays and watch the show, and and we were freaking out when in the first episode when he kills uh, the guy in the airport. Victor, uh, I can't, yeah, when he kills Victor, because we were all we we're like, why? There's no plastic. How the hell is he going to do this? And then he puts the bag over his head and he reaches for the fire extinguisher, and people like stood up in shock, like, oh my god, and like, people were covering their eyes, like, <laughs> and people, when he did it, people were cheering, I felt so sadistic, but man, that was a, that was a cool scene, I mean, as, as, you know, unrealistic as it was, man, that was, that was cool, I didn't see that coming. I'll, I'll, I'll always remember the Speltzer scene in the crematorium, <laughs> and Speltzer's like, Love it! I love it. I didn't say that wasn't scripted. That was just Michael Hall kind of going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just him. Another. I mean, I got to give it to him, man. He he knows how to deliver those scenes, man. They're they're great. Mm. Well, he's 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 been this character for so long, isn't he? I feel like this this show never would have taken off if it weren't for the way Michael C. Hall delivered the kill scenes. Mm. Those are. I agree. Mesmerized yeah. watch, and you I, I don't need his charisma. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think any other actor could have pulled it off quite like he did. So. Yeah, you mentioned charisma there, that linking with what you were saying, Mike. Um, great stuff from Ray Stevenson. I've obviously uh, sung his praises throughout the season on the podcast, um, and I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you if you want to see more of Ray Stevenson, look no further than HBO's series Rome. Oh, I got to yeah. watch that. I got to add that to my list. He's a powerhouse. Powerhouse in that. He's unbelievable. I've seen it. It is fantastic. He's a, he's a crazy, crazy dude. I'll be giving it a look. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. How, how many seasons, how many seasons are, are there? Yeah. Two, I think. Yeah, it got yeah, cancelled, so they combined what they had planned for two and three just in the one season. Okay. Yeah. I'm going I'm right. to track right. that show down. I need more. I'm, I'm watching Sons of Anarchy right now, and that show's pretty good, too. Yep. So after I finish yep. that, I'm going to jump onto Rome. Yeah, in honor it won't of take too long. It's only about twenty-four episodes, or twenty mm-hmm. episodes. It's not long. Uh, Matt, let's uh, let's finish with you, but with your thoughts of the season. God. Yeah, well, how do you follow on what everyone else has said? You know, they've pretty much summed it up as closely as, or as aptly as anyone else can. Uh, I think one of the things that's worked best for this season overall is that the the writers have gone right. Uh, what do people like most from all the seasons that have gone before? Uh, Dexter in danger, uh, a break from traditional kills, moral ambiguity, uh, dokes, an an investigation, uh, reminding people that, you know, what's happened in the previous seasons is still part of the history and people remember that shit. Um, You know, they sort of 
went back through all the other seasons and sort of stuck in bits of, you know, what worked for other seasons and made it sort of a mishmash of everything that we've seen so far, while also completely changing the dynamic and making us reevaluate guess again and, you know, completely change the way we see or, you know, with the Ray Stevenson's death. I was surprised they killed him so early. I'm thinking, well, what the hell are they going to do now? My God. You know, there's three episodes <laughs> left and I don't know what's coming. Um, you know, so they were surprising us, but giving us what we knew, but changing it up here and there. And I thought it was great. And they've just completely left the field wide open for the finale. And yeah, great performances all around. Um, I think everybody who's been given anything significant to do, basically every anyone other than C.S. Lee, I think, uh, has basically just hand played their parts with relish and just basked in every minute they had on screen and just really went for it. I'm not saying that C.S. Lee put in a bad performance. He was just given really little bits yeah, to do. This was you not know. a good season for Masuka. Yeah. He, he's barely even laughing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, he's not doing his so much anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised they even had him as a guest on on the wrap up podcast because he really didn't have any Much kind of contribution yeah. this season That's at all. His jokes this season were really bad. Well, yeah. I don't know, he didn't really have a lot of jokes anyway. I mean, it was probably. Like, I think his one, I think his best one was in me. the uh, the best one was where he was said he was worried he was going to have to blow him when he was in yeah. the uh, yeah yeah that was good it, <laughs> yeah yeah. I, yeah. I think I realized the writers had finished you know, had nothing else to do with Masuka when he saw the bodies of um, Wayne Randall and Hannah's victims, and he went, well, I guess till death as do part didn't work for these guys. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I so, wonder if it's been a frustrating season for C.S. Lee as an actor, because he's probably had as little to do this season as he's ever had. It is. I've never seen him have so little to do. It's, it's a shame, really. You know what's funny, though? Out of all the characters in the show... If Dexter's ever outed where everybody knows what he's done and who he is, I feel like I would feel I would sympathize and I would feel worse for him. I, I, I don't know why. He's he's such a likable like guy, I and mean, he's always been buddy buddy and wanted and looked to Dexter for for friendship and approval and all this stuff. And he's never really been given anything important to do, so he's never really been on the cusp of discovering anything about Dexter. So mm. yeah, he, I think he has the I think he has the farthest to fall if if, if Dexter goes down for this. Yeah. I mean, other than of course like Deb and everybody, it's but uh, way through season eight. <laughs> yeah, it's, they, they got to give him something important to do. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe at the very end he's what he's the person who ends up saving Dexter for the, and and ensuring that he can ride off into the sunset. <laughs> maybe. Hey Matt, hey Matt, you said that uh, this season was uh, a com- combination of all the good things from past seasons. It's so, how I felt. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is this is the Skyfall season of <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, because basically, you know, if you, if you watch Skyfall, you you know they took the best of what made Bond great, and so like it kind of you know I see what you're saying. It's definitely. And they sort of look back and went, okay, so what are the viewers completely enthusing about? You know, basically any scene involving Dokes. Let's see if we can get him back in. Uh, they like it when Laguerre is being a dick, you know, because we we can relish in going, oh, I wish that somebody would slap us, you know, we, <laughs> or shooter, or shooter. You know, we want to see, you know, Dexter and Deb spend time together and question each other and push, and we want to they see like strippers, let's give them strippers. We love, a, we love a couple of pairs of tits here and there, yeah? Yep. 
And we got a treat with uh, Lila Turner in season two. Now we we had tits galore. Pardon my tits, yeah. <laughs> we had that my that tits. Well. <clears throat> so what about you, Gareth? What do you think for this season? Um, broadly, I I've, I've, I've <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking hated it. No, um, <laughs> no, I've I've really enjoyed it. I mean, as you said, Matt. Um, my my thoughts pretty much match what what you guys have said. Uh, the opening act of the season was phenomenal, um, edge of the seat stuff. Mm. Uh, it was a case of one revelation after another for poor Deb. Um, mm. Brilliantly acted, well written. We had the Speltzer thing that was that was really good, a nice short two episode arc. Uh, the middle act, the pace dropped off a bit, but maybe that was. Natural, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had some. I mean, it wasn't without its its, its good stuff as well. But then we had um, some some stronger stuff again towards the end. And uh, the the finale, I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, the Deb and Dexter stuff, the their interactions together were were big highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought into the Dexter in love storyline. Uh, I wasn't as outraged as the. Uh, um, uh, the desecration of the kill table uh, love scene as, as some others were. I actually um, loved that scene. I was just disappointed he didn't kill her right afterwards. <laughs> like a, oh, so you think it would like be a, fun to fuck yep, her then kill Like a prank dance? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. I don't, like, the, when we were watching know. that scene, that was another one of those scenes where everyone in the room was like, oh my god, we were screaming and standing up, and it was it was great fun to watch. And then we were just like, okay, now you can kill her. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. That didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, a- another highlight for me, was, as, as I've said, was Ray Stevenson's presence as uh, as Isaac. Um, his his character did kind of evolve a bit through the season, and I I, I don't quite. He softened uh, from yeah. the initial depiction of this ruthless, cold uh, bastard who will, um, uh, you know, even resort to to having an innocent man. Uh, commit suicide, uh, forcing this man to commit suicide. Uh, that was to be expected, though. Yeah, but it, it showed him to be such a cold, ruthless man, and then he turned in. We, we saw, well, what you could argue is the real him, and, and as you say, mm. this thoughtful, uh, considered man. Um, it's also, it also ties back into the theme we talked about earlier, where he was doing what he thought he needed, what he had to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and he was driven by, by this lust for revenge for his lover. Mm-hmm. Um, or somebody it's a season about blame. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the season of love. And blame. Think, I, I think for in a way you can almost say <laughs> his character goes through the the stages of grief, and, and I think by the time we get towards the end of the season, he's kind of reached the acceptance part of all of that. You know, early on he was very angry, uh, willing to do virtually anything to avenge Victor. But I think by the time by the time he and Dexter had that scene at the bar. I think that's the kind of the point where he was just like, okay, like I've accepted that this happened to me and, you know, mm. so yeah. I think the, that's they, kind of I mean, wise that, often. That, that scene, they kind of left it that, well, you know, I'm still going to get you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That, but I yeah. have to. You know. then, yeah. Then things changed and, uh, well, we, we saw what happened. Yeah, um, but no, that, that uh, top five moments of the season. Yeah. It's gonna be a real shame. Yeah. That was a great, great scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's that bar scene will will be amongst my. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it'll be in my list. Mm. Um, and I do, I do count my votes in there with everybody else's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, the season is uh, is definitely one of my favourite Dexter seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, season one still tops the list. Uh, well, as you know, I, I've tried to rank my my favourite seasons before and kind of given it up as a bad job in the end. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> season one definitely at the top. Me it's uh, season two. Right. I mean, season two is, is great. Obviously, I've, I've been re-watching it, and I've got a couple of mm. episodes still to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll pick that up in the new year. But, um, yeah, some great it's stuff. It's a hard thing days. to rank, that's for sure. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three, five, and six would would be fighting it out. At the uh, bottom. I mean, I, I suspect six <laughs> would be the bottom one. Yeah. Um, f- I would probably say one, two... Maybe, maybe this season followed by season four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I think season four had its weaker bits. Uh, I mean that 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 shock at the end of the season really lifted, really lifted that into stellar territory, and and obviously yeah. the performance of John Lithgow was was uh, oh my god was incredible. The last great villain, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you you know what? They're struggling to outdo him because he just. I don't think they should. They shouldn't even try. They they should no. try for something totally different. But yeah. if y'all have a chance, if y'all haven't already, there was an interview they did. Right, it was, uh, it was a, it was not really an interview. It was just basically just Michael C. Hall and John Lithgow talking about the season, and it was just them in like a white room, yeah, talking about it. Oh my god, it was, it was, it was good. So yeah. fun to watch. But it, it, it's even, it's hilarious because John Lithgow is this like looks like the nicest guy yeah. you would ever meet. He sounds like the most down to earth person, but then. He's talking about these incredibly dark things, and yeah. then comparing him to the way he was in the show is—it's insane. Yeah. I, I have so much respect for that actor for pulling that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I, I think that pretty much brings us to uh, sort of the end of our, our conversation. I, I will be um, obviously discussing the finale more in the feedback podcast that. Yeah. As we've been talking, I, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll get this this episode out there for, for people to download before Christmas, and, um, and then I think I'll tackle the feedback next week. Um, yeah. So that'll be something to look forward to between Christmas and New Year, and yeah. uh, give everybody a chance to to get their feedback in, and I'll have a dedicated feedback episode. Um, and then, of course, the top five moments of the season, um, which will be entirely dependent on how many nominations I get. If only a couple of people email in then uh, it won't it won't make for <laughs> I think the difficult bit is going to be picking five <laughs> yeah yeah that's, I, uh, that's good that's good it'll be interesting to see what how many what different comes relations up. Yeah. you get yeah it, it's been fun to watch your, your show grow too I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback between the Facebook and email and voicemail and all that stuff yeah uh, even from even from just from you know, I think I jumped on the show and the bandwagon on season five, right? And just watching the the audience grow and and the people that are giving feedback grow has been has been a lot of fun. So yeah. I, I don't think you'll have any problem getting no no. Well, feedback. even even now at the end of the season, um, I think it was the week that I was ill. Um, there were lots of first time contributors to the feedback, mm. and yeah, there were some people coming up with some really good stuff. Uh, you know, I think you know, be glad to glad to have some some additional contributors on board. Um, you know, it's all good, uh, but it, it obviously highlights that there are people coming to the to the podcast now and uh, and and eager to join in. So you know, it bodes well for next season. We we uh, I might end up having to split the podcast into my review and then 
um, a, a feedback episode. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's been touch and go now because the podcast already stretched to comfortably an hour and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> which probably stretches <laughs> but, it for but, some people. <laughs> but you know what? I, um, I'll be honest. Uh, I the way I work I work three thirty in the morning till one thirty in the afternoon okay. uh, on uh, Saturday through Tuesday. So Gareth, whenever <clears throat> whenever your your podcast gets uploaded, um, I I actually try to wait a day or two till I get to Saturday because mm. it kind of gives me something to listen to while I'm at work. Yeah. And and to be quite honest, I. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter how long it is, cause I just, I just sit and listen to the whole thing, and it helps, yeah. trust me, it helps make my day go by a lot quicker. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's what I listen to at lunch, and, and when I can at work and stuff, so it's pretty great. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to Travis's voicemail from the Argentina episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. That was great. I don't, I, I can't even fathom how he came up with that so fast. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I, I was listening to it in my I car, and I had to stop well. the car, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I can't even top that feedback. I can't even try and tell him why I think he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah McKay and her two front teeth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it was the song at the end. Yeah, it was. Me. It was. You know what's funny? <laughs> when we were all watching the finale... One of, the, one of the people in our group brought up her, her buck teeth and said, what, is she going to chew herself out of her handcuffs with her, with her buck teeth? And someone was like, no, there's scissors right there. And, uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sure if, if Travis is listening, I'm sure he will. He'll uh, he'll get a kick that uh, that you enjoyed that, yeah, as, as so great. many did. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, guys. Well, um, as, as I say, I shall be doing a separate feedback podcast. So... Uh, the usual housekeeping, if, if you want to call in, the, the numbers are in the US, it's 646-222-6122. And in the UK, it's 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox ID 08320 when the voice prompts you. There's also email, it's dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can also send uh, a voice recording file or MP3 or whatever. Um, there's Twitter, it's at DissectDexter, or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK, and the Facebook page. Jump onto Facebook, uh, search for Dissecting Dexter, and you'll find it. Um, just before we go, guys, um, I, I don't know if, uh, if any of you want to plug uh, how people can get in touch with you if they want to, or I know, Nick, you've, you've got your podcast. Do you want to kick off? Uh, yeah, I can mention that. Um, if you are into gaming in any 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 way, that's uh, you can find us at fourplayernetwork.com. Uh, we do a weekly podcast uh, which goes up on iTunes. You can find us there, and we actually broadcast ourselves playing games. You can find us at fourpp.tv, uh, and we do that just about every day. So uh, we're we're just an enthusiast site. We uh, we have a lot of fun doing what we're doing, but we do you know go to E3 and and big industry events and stuff like that. So. Uh, if you're into gaming, we encourage you to stop by. Love to have some of you guys. That's about it. <laughs> good, good stuff. Um, and uh, people can follow you on Twitter, Nick, right? Ah, yeah. I keep forgetting I have a Twitter account. It's, you can just find me at Nick H zero six three zero. Cool, Matt. Matt, do you want to uh, give a plug for your Twitter account? Yeah, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, we've got that project I mentioned in the earlier podcast. It's taken a bit longer to get together. But if anyone's interested, they should keep an eye out for I'm with Geek. It's going to be a sort of TV, film, game, whatever for sort of geeky stuff 
So that's going to be quite interesting to get together if it comes out. I love um, geeky stuff. So yeah, I'll let you know if it ever comes to fruition. But I do have a bit of a pet project at uni at the moment, um, which is Latitude Radio. We're sort of launching on January. It's it's very studenty, very um, you know, but it's fun to listen to. So if anybody fancies tuning in, uh, it's Facebook.com/slash Latitude Radio and Twitter at Latitude Radio. Or if you're interested, drop me a message at Matthew underscore Battles. Cool. Um, Mike, yeah, I think last you. time you came on, you, there, was there some sort of art project you were um, mentioning? Oh yeah, yes. Uh, I'm actually a big a big tennis fan. Um, so, uh, and anybody that that knows me pretty well uh, knows that uh, Rafael Nadal is my favorite player. So I've been working on this uh, art project, which is a combination of um, prism color art markers and uh, colored pencil. And I probably put about 300 hours into it already, so oh, I'm wow. out. It, it's, it's probably got another 100 hours left until I'm done. So I'm, I'm actually working slowly to get it finished. And um, I think once I'm done, Gareth, uh, maybe at some point in the future here on a podcast, maybe uh, I could upload it onto a site or give you know some link on the podcast. Maybe somebody, you know, some people might want to go check it out and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, no problem there. Yeah, and uh, I'm also on Facebook. If anybody wants to jump on Facebook, uh, you can find me on there, Michael Lanick. Uh, you know, it's pretty easy. So uh, I will find you, sir. Yes, please do. You know, (laughs) (laughs) leave me a message if you want to talk about anything. I'm, I'm usually on Facebook at some point in the day. Excellent. All right. Well, um, thanks very much, guys. Uh, we've, uh, I think we've pretty much done the finale to death. Um, yeah, and and hopefully and covered everything. I'm sure if there's anything we've missed, it will come out in the in the feedback episode. Uh, got quite a bit in already, so uh, mm-hmm. including a, a voicemail from our friend Travis. So uh, look forward to that. Um, oh, I can't um, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. We, with that, I'll, I'll say, as I say, thanks very much, guys, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, look forward to the feedback podcast coming after Christmas. So, with that in mind, this will be my last opportunity to speak to the listenership before uh, the festive season. Uh, so, uh, thanks very much for for listening over the last few weeks, and um, happy Christmas, everybody. And uh, we'll be dissecting some more Dexter very soon. So, until then, cheers for now. Mm-hmm.